Tonight on the podcast, we're talking about a King Kong live action TV show. What's this world coming to? Uh, first look at Ironheart through Black Panther merch. Jeffrey Dean Morgan joins another franchise. WandaVision director going to do some Fantastic Four. Zero, or Horizon Zero Dawn getting a TV adaption. We got a jam-packed show for you tonight on the Absolute Geek Podcast. Friday night in Phoenix, and you're locked into the best damn podcast in all the land, the Absolute Geek Podcast. All the land. My, my name is Matt. I'm Lance. And we've got a good one for you today, folks. It's going to be a banger of a show. We're waiting on Ish to get here. Um, It's fantastical. What's going on to your mom and Stumbling Jedi, who are already strongly representing in the chat? Welcome to the show. Hope you guys are having a great Friday. Stumbling says, in all the land, reiterating all the land. Absolutely. Eric What's Williams, up, Eric? welcome. <clears throat> Everyone's filing in. Filing in. The, the absolute geek signals are going out. The whole world is stopping knowing that we're going live on YouTube. It's 730 in Phoenix. Eric's bringing the heat with the jalapeno. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm tired, dude. Super yeah, tired. I've worked a lot this week. First a week lot, alone lot. with the baby. Aaron was uh, doing her thing, doing her, her secondary job. So she was gone all week. And so I had the baby all night. And that's rough. Yeah. Rough, rough, rough. He's ready for the spicy, he said. It's a spicy. It's a spice. It's a spicy jalapeno. What about you? What's going on with you? Nothing, man. Just working a lot, dude. Fucking, oh, this week felt like it would never end. Um, a lot going on at my job. A lot of changes. A lot of, um, a lot of new announcements and stuff. They're they're getting ready to go back to uh, what it was like, kind of pre-COVID, our lives a little bit. So, a lot of changes coming up. So, just prepping Some, for that. No more work at home for Lance, huh? Uh, they want us to work in the office 10 days a month. That's it. Oh. Yeah. It's not that bad. But, uh, you know, kind of disrupts life a little bit. You got to start figuring out, you know, who's going to be here when the kids get home and those kind of things. Adult stuff. Yeah. But how about you, man? What's going on? Just at home with the baby, huh? Yeah. Finally, uh, it only took me like nine months but i finally beat the guardians of the galaxy video game the other <laughs> i night. saw that i saw that it's a great game huh it is good and i i beat it and i was like well that's done and automatically deleted it from my system i gotta free <laughs> up that space on the ps5 so dude for what yeah. i don't know because there's not really anything out for it that i want to play right now but well gotham knights is coming out soon right yeah i might get that for pc or cowabunga collection i'm gonna get that for the switch I want that for the Switch so I can play it on the go. Mm. 
just something a good idea. Just something nostalgic about playing that classic NES version of Turtles on a, a Nintendo product that mm. that can't be beat. So yeah, you're right. You're right. I I have it loaded into my classic NES. All those games. Mm. I hacked all my. I have all the classic systems that have come out: the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, and Sega. And I packed them all. Nice. Yeah. So speaking of hackers, all the way from hey. Fantastic Worlds, it's Ish. What up, I'm, buddy? I'm hacking up. I, can you guys even hear me? I lost my voice earlier today. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. It's not COVID, right? No. You want okay. hey, Lance? I know earlier you asked me to wear a mask for the show, but I'm not going to. I think yeah, it'd be dude. Right. <laughs> I, need to, I need to be protected. <laughs> That's me- that's messed up ish. Lance is immunocompromised. <laughs> that lack of of brick oven pizza is compromised. I know, man. My immune system just felt just dropped, as long as man. there's six feet between our screens, I think we're good. <laughs> um, what was I, I guess? What, I should move back then because nobody wants to know that I'm actually secretly recording from your spare room in your house. So. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, Ish was at a dentist's office. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he just you know podcasted from a Motel Six down the street from the, the comic hey, shop. I'm gonna nice. tease you every time that's about that nice. painting. <laughs> Him and that's Stinson both, man. Alien. Like here, here. Stinson, Stinson has like the the terrible drapes. There you go. Yeah, he looks like he's he's uh, podcasting from a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day I'll come on Eric, and my background will be like you. a fucking spaceship and you'll all be jealous. <laughs> Stumbling Jedi says, it I looked around for PS5 sweet. games today. Didn't see Eric much out there I would want to get hooked on right now. Yeah, yeah I haven't much. I haven't really turned on any of my video game systems in a while because there hasn't been anything. I don't, I don't even know what to, like, I bought Resident Evil 2 and that hasn't even brought me to to go play it. It's only 13 bucks. <laughs> Eric so. Williams says it's like he's podcasting from my grandma's I'm house. Still playing... <laughs> You're still playing I'm still what? I'm still playing NHL 13 on my PS3. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to upgrade and get NHL 22. Dude, you know what Dude, I Dude, I still have like 10 seasons left in my, in my career <laughs> on the game. It's going to be a while. I'm coming up in a decade on one video game. There you go. Do you know what I miss? The NCAA games, the football ones. Hopefully with still, the NIL oh, thing, it comes back out. I was going to say, that's still the only time that the Leafs will win a Stanley Cup. Is, <laughs> is <laughs> playing you, you're lucky I can't yell right now. <laughs> Speaking of video no. games, yesterday was the 30th anniversary of GoldenEye. The 25th. third biggest selling Nintendo game of all time. Way 25th. to... Uh, to ruin uh, one of our stories ish yeah what What the hell man we had a whole slide and everything yeah you ruined it ish Jeez, all right man. just strike this from the record nobody <laughs> heard a thing. we we had like little those little uh uh kazoo things that have the things that blow out like we're gonna <coughs> say happy birthday we we're gonna go into a whole thing damn Lance, we should you make do way to fantastic world to pick this up the show no, I'm. I don't think mine. The one I ordered from Amazon is that glow in the dark one. So Ish, Ish has one for me, right? Jay and I are coming tomorrow. Ish. Oh, I okay. bet you are. 
I will most likely not be there. Yeah, but someone knows that I got stuff in the back, right? Hopefully. Uh, Bill, I'll actually have to text him. I forgot to tell him. Okay. If I it no, I'm definitely going there because Jay and I have already planned it. Going. What time do you guys open? Eleven. Okay. Yeah, we're leaving here at ten. Perfect. Um, I assume you'll be looking at pops. We do have a lot of pops. You want to ask Bill? We have two like giant boxes of pops in the back. We don't even have room for in the front. Yeah. So you can ask Bill and be like, "Hey, can I see the pops in the back?" He'll gladly show them to you. Are they? Uh, are there some good ones in there? There are. Yeah, it's very. It's really random. Okay. So good you know, know that's what we like to get. You know, this crazy assortment of movie, TV, you know, stuff yeah. we've never even heard of. <laughs> Anytime something comes so many out, pops says, I was like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> anytime something comes out that it says, oh, at your local comic short store, I automatically text ish. I'm like, put it in the back. And I still have not gone there to get any of it. <laughs> <laughs> so ish is very good about keeping stuff We've for me. I am not very good person. about picking it up. Yeah, I know. What the hell is that all about? Jeez, it's overdue. We got to re- Well, we're gonna meet at Matt's wedding. Yeah, unless you didn't get an invite. <laughs> invite haven't gone out yet. It just got Yeah, you quick. can you can tell him Matt. Matt Matt can be it a douche. Got, it's it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awkward. <laughs> this is when we need sound effects like crickets or something. Um, yours oh, haven't here. gone out yet, Matt. No. <laughs> um, my buddy's is a week before yours, and I just got his like two days ago. That's uh, you can blame Aaron for that one because I don't deal with that. That's all her. I'm hands off. I don't. I don't get offended if I don't get invited to weddings. I'm hands off on that. That's that's her. She just asked for addresses, and I was like, "Here you go." She says, "Working." I don't even on know it. if anybody's asked for my. I don't think you guys asked for my address, did you? Or she maybe says, you have it. "Aaron says, dude, you sound terrible. I feel like I'm getting sick just listening to you." Oh my gosh, we're losing <laughs> subscribers. That's mask right. up ish mask up um oh man if you got a baby announcement dude then we have your address and did max i get a baby announcement? One, so yes you probably oh, yeah. did yeah where is What's max up, patrick tonight? is he at row one probably he's a uh, movie don't know if it's a movie that i need to like go pay to see i already bought it on 4k Oh, Erin says that she has your address from when we sent you pizza. Oh, that's right. You guys were so nice about that. Uh, Anna, was it Anna was super sick? She had uh, her surgery. Yeah, and I was here trying to hold the fort down with a baby that was nursing and couldn't nurse because Anna was in the hospital. Yeah, your wife, uh, or not wife yet, but kind of wife. Might as well be. Yeah. Uh, really saved the day. Matt had nothing to do with that. She made sure to tell me, Aaron did, don't thank Matt for this. He's a piece of shit. He didn't do it. It was all Aaron. Basically. <laughs> Basically. She said, man, it cost me like $50 to get that family pizza because Lance got to have fucking gluten free. I said, fuck that guy. Mine's actually, mine's actually like the glue because I think she got us Domino's, right? Probably. It's only ten bucks. I think like the regular kind is like eight bucks. She's like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Fuck that guy! You don't need no gluten free pizza." But yeah, they really gouge you on that stuff, dude. Because they 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 order the crust from like 
some other company. I tell Anna all the time. I was like, just go, or let's just order the crust and make it ourselves. But whatever. <laughs> Patrick. soon to be wife. If only there was a word for that. <laughs> but I don't want to sound like a douche saying Matt's fiance. I did. I don't like saying it either. Like, yeah, fiance it's, not, it's just so seems weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's like, it's I'm like just you're like, way beyond that stage, huh? Yeah, dude, we live together. We we have a kid together. Like, she's essentially my wife. There's just not a little piece of paper saying so. Like, it's, yeah, it is what it is, you know? I agree, you don't get dude. much more married than creating life together. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, but then you need the piece of paper. So, in order to get away from you, she has to go get a judge. Yeah. So, you lock that shit down. The kid, the kid <laughs> kind of does that, too, so. Yeah, no, the judge is what keeps you around (laughs) (laughs) in that situation. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, she said I don't have rights to the assets yet. (laughs) Did you get the life insurance policy on him, Aaron? Our shitty little hobble that we live in. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, well, enough about... uh, She blew you kisses. Oh, so nice. So nice. I know. Enough about all that craziness. Let's get into a little bit of geek news. Shall geek we? News. Shall we? Kicking off our top story on Geek News tonight. A live-action series focusing on the origins of the classic movie monster King Kong and the mysteries of his home, Skull Island, is currently in early development at Disney+. Plus. The series is based on uh, C. Cooper's original King Kong film from 1933, as well as the modern novelization by Joe DeVito. The Disney Plus series will be unrelated to legendary Warner Brothers films MonsterVerse, which also heavily involves King Kong. So is King Kong like in the public domain? How can Warner Brothers and Disney make a movie about the same character? Uh, I wonder if it has to do with the version that they're doing. Maybe. I wonder if they have like the rights to the like to actually do the well. It says classic it's based adaptation on the novelization. In an original and the original film. movie. So those yeah. could be rights separate to the current, whatever they're calling it, MonsterVerse. Well, it's kind of like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh just entered the public domain. And so anybody can make Winnie the Pooh. They just can't use the Disney version that we've all seen. You know, the yellow bear. And, and certain characters, I think, are not allowed to be used. Tigger can't be used for like another 10 years or something so like that. So he has to be a... An orange bear with a blue shirt. Yeah. Did you see the horror movie come out? The Winnie the Pooh horror movie? It looks terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. But Disney can't do shit about it. I would not be surprised if we start, if potentially we start seeing less and less Winnie the Pooh stuff at Disney. I don't think so, dude. Winnie the Pooh has got to be like their biggest seller for kids. There's Winnie the Pooh on everything, man. Yeah, maybe that that version of it um i also i didn't see it in the powerpoint i don't know if you put it in there but um batman superman 
and Wonder Woman are entering the public domain, like Superman in 10 years, Batman in like 13 years, and Wonder Woman in like 15 years. That's pretty hard to fathom. Yeah, yeah they're, I, ju- I just read it on Yahoo like yesterday. They're in ni- uh, 2034. Uh, well, unless they just renew the copyright. I mean, no, public domain. They, there's a potential that because Mickey Mouse was about to enter <laughs> the public domain, but Disney was able to do something. So there's that potential. But like it when Superman, the, what the article was saying is when Superman enters the public domain, he'll be like the 1933 version of Superman. Like, so he, I don't even think the 1933 version like flew. Some the article was saying something like so certain things so, that he got that they can't put in there. Under U.S. law, working uh, introduction before 1978 enters the public domain. 95 years after uh, they were first published, officially taking effect the following January 1. In the case of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, they are made their they made their first appearances in 1938, 1939, and 1941, respectively. Therefore, Superman would enter the public domain on January 1st, 2034, Batman on January 1st, 2035, and Wonder Woman on January 1st, 2037. But they're saying that expect a whole bunch of litigation, but they can't renew copyright yeah. on public domain. I, I don't char- know how that works. It says these characters are like crown jewels of the DC and therefore extremely important to Warner Brothers Discovery. The company is likely to put up a fight and anyone looking to take advantage of them being in the public domain would face an uphill battle. Um, that, yeah, it says for starters, there have been plenty of potentially, uh, divert works of the characters. In other words, the copyright holder DC creates a second separate work based on the original work. The Superman of 2022 is nothing like the Superman of 1938. He said, so yeah, it's gotta be the, you're right. It's gotta be the original they would have to make something basically based on the original incarnation of him. Or... Yeah, and that so doesn't even actually open go up back like... to truth, justice, and the American way. So, like, which DC has abandoned? Yeah, you're gonna get like this Batman yeah. right here, like yeah. old school OG Detective Comics one Batman. Man, so there's you a Detective Twenty Seven. I do. I'm just that long like that, man. Dude. It is it is nine eight condition, man. Dude. Nine eight. Look is that, that a reprint or is that legit? Number twenty seven. If that was legit, eight, it would be about four million dollars. Yeah, dude. It's not legit. It, it's the it's facsimile that came out this week. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful. Uh, apparently there's something called a Sunny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act also known as the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. This is what I was talking about, how Mickey Mouse was about to enter the public domain. And it, oh, it says, says... Oh, go ahead. Uh, it says, uh, would last the life of the author plus 50 years or 75 years from publication or 100 years from creation, whichever is shorter for a work of cor- corporate authorship. Works made for hire. Well, this article says Steamboat Willie, the first iteration of Mickey Mouse, is set to enter the public domain in 2024. That version of the character is far different from the modern-day Mickey Mouse, which would likely still be protected. Um, Some Republican lawmakers have vowed to stop Disney from attempting to extend the copyright protection on Steamboat, the Los Angeles Times reported in May. So I don't know why 
I mean, what do you guys? What what's? Are you afraid people are gonna start making like steam butt or steam butt, steamboat Mickey porn or something? Like really? Steambot, maybe. What's <laughs> stop butt. them? We've got we've got Guardians of the Galaxy porn parodies. We've got Avengers uh, yeah. porn parodies. Like what stops them from putting on Mickey ears and? Oh fuck! <laughs> what? <laughs> Joe's Doolin says. Sony Bono, like George of the Jungle, watch out for that tree. <laughs> nah, Is that dead. how he died? Yeah, Sonny Bono. He had, Bo- he had a tree and died. See, now I now I can't. Bono? Bono. Bono. Sonny Bono. Eminem. Bono, right? Is, isn't it Eminem makes fun of him in a song for it? It's, it's like Shooby to Doo Wop and Christopher Reeves. Oh, uh, Sonny Bono skis, rides horses, and hitting some trees or something like that. <laughs> That, that sounds a bit rudimentary to be Eminem. Is it Eminem? Yeah, it's like like Marshall Mathers LP Eminem. Like, yeah. But moving on oh, to the yeah. next. Oh, I was just say get back to the Kong thing. Oh, go ahead. I, I agree with your mom. Um, I don't. I don't want to see a Disney King Kong. That sounds crappy. There'd be two things I want to see: a sequel to the Kong Skull Island that we got. Or yeah. we do a prequel. I'd like to see a Peter Jackson King Kong prequel. Otherwise, forget about it. I'm Disney. I'm not interested in Disney plus King Kong. Well, that the next Kong terrible. you're getting is Kong Godzilla 2. Yeah, I'm not interested. And it's Kong and Godzilla are teaming up to fight a new... What, Mothra or something? Or no, Mothra was in the last one, is, right? It says they're teaming up to fight a new threat. Oh. That movie was so dumb. Which one? Uh, Godzilla versus Godzilla. Con- yeah, whatever yeah, it's called. They I put did, this I big marquee about these two about these two monsters. Skull Island was good. I like that one. But they put this big marquee together about these two monsters fighting with each other. And every time they're fighting, you see Eleven's face going. You know, you see the yeah. people more than you see the monsters fight. That movie sucked. Stick Boy says Disney already did a King Kong. It's called Mighty Joe Young. Yeah, he that was Mighty a good jo- one. Mighty Ho Hung. <laughs> <laughs> that must be the porn parody. Mighty Ho Hung. But that was that was a good era for Disney, man. Like Mighty Joe Young. Disney Disney Kong. They have Echo. Uh Operation <laughs> Dumbo Drop. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah. yeah with Bill Murray. Yeah. Was Ray that Bill Murray Ray in that Ray one? Ray was, yeah, it was wasn't Ray Bill Ray Murray Ray in that one? Danny Glover, wasn't it? Operation Dumbo yeah. Drop. Yeah. Bill Murray. I need to watch that one again. But that was all. What was that like? Early nineties, mid nineties, something like that. That's when Disney was making the least amount of money that they've made in their history. That's like when Brother Bear came out and all those other movies. Like they they were really struggling. But those live action movies were gold, man. <laughs> Joe's Doolin says, "How about Dunstan checks in?" <laughs> it's it's Dennis Leary, not Bill Murray. I thought Bill Murray is in Operation Dumbo Drop. I don't see him on the casting list. Mm, I thought he was. It's Ray Liotta and Danny Glover, and Dennis Leary. And I guess Dennis Leary. Well, on the on the picture, it's the three of them. Then that's got to be Mandela, Mandela effect. Because I swear to God, Bill Murray was in that movie. Was he in another movie that maybe was close to that one? That maybe you're thinking of. Maybe. But when did this movie come out? It came out in 1995. 
That's what movie be like would be close to that? I swear to a, God, a war movie about dropping an elephant. Isn't that what it's about? Groundhog yeah. Day? What? No, it's not Groundhog. <laughs> Groundhog's Day. There's probably a ton of movies all about the same subject of being in a war and dropping elephants. What is this larger is than life? Not. I don't oh, know. larger than life is a is a. It came out a year after, and it's about an elephant. Then they. That's what I'm thinking of. Then. <laughs> yeah. Because I got to swore, I just remember distinctly Bill Murray being in a movie with an elephant. <laughs> it's and funny. I everyone everyone remembers Operation Dumbo Drop. So it's like, how bad was the other movie? Right. Do you, obviously do you want... it's bad enough that I'm incorporating the two together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I want them to remake? Like they're making all these remakes that nobody really cares about. You know what I want to see come back? Angels in the Outfield. I love the those fucking I movies. What was the other one? Remake of that. They I, they I, did Angels in the Outfield and they had a sequel, but the, all that was from the nineties. I don't they think they Angels done in the soon. End Zone. Mm-hmm. Look, unless they make Jordan Gordon Levitt like the dad or the baseball player, um, I don't want to remake that movie. Do you they just have do you, Danny Glover be his the same character again? So yeah, they should. Patrick says Operation Dumbo Drop is Dennis Leary's best flick by him for sure. Rookie That's of the year. Of we don't. We don't need another movie about Henry Rowan Garner. Was Rookie of the Year the one where he breaks his arm and can pitch yes. really fast? Yeah. Yes, I want to see Three Ninjas and Surf Ninjas get remade. You're a fucking asshole, <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> I'm okay with Three Ninjas, but Surf Ninjas is the worst pile of dog shit ever. I still need fucking... to show my kids Three Ninjas. I showed them Rookie of the Year just a few weeks ago, actually. It would be like fucking... the, the new version would be some like Segway Ninjas or something. It's like it's like Rob Schneider tried to do a movie without Adam Sandler, and that's what Surf Ninjas was. Have you seen the trailer for Rob Schneider's new Arizona-based yes. movie? Yes. What it is looks it? Something, uh, God something traveling with daddy and daughter or something. Yeah, it's it looks absolutely terrible. Yeah, funky butt loving is the best Disney quote from a kid's movie ever. Pledge trip? No, it's not pledge trip. It's it's a new Arizona-based movie and it's only showing at Harkin Cedars. It's like daddy, it's like daddy trip or oh, like, daddy daughter date daddy daughter trip. Yes, that's, that's what it is. It is absolute hot dog. Rob shit. Schneider has this inexplicable hairdo that I just yeah. I don't understand. It's yeah, like there's nobody in charge of that movie to say no. Don't do <laughs> right. That. And the acting in it looks terrible. And it's still got a Sandler in it, where Adam Sandler's wife plays <laughs> his wife in that movie. So, like, he just still can't get away from the house that Sandler built. Like, it's I'm sure he makes a cameo. Rob Schneider. He's a cool dude. I like Rob Schneider, though. Well, yeah, you got to say that because he shops at your store. Hey, now. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he's been in. He's, he's a Scottsdaleite now. Yeah, That's the cool. other one is, um, is um, who, who's the other one from the crew? Um, shit, the dude with Chris, uh, David Spade. Oh, yeah. Graduated from ASU. He's a big Arizona dude. Spade, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Beverly right, Hills but, Ninja was awesome. That's Chris Farley, right? Yes, that is Chris. Yeah, Farley. Stumbly, you're absolutely. I love that fucking movie. It's so bad. It's good. <laughs> Moving on, we get our first look at the Ironheart armor from Wakanda Forever. Um, thanks to some merchandise from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 
being on sale at Target. Yeah, it's already buy two, get one free, and the movie hasn't even come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it looks bad. So you see it on the picture here and on uh the side it's her it actual like comic really book bad armor. Power Rangers. It does. It looks like a very terrible Power Rangers armor. The Funkos are buy one get one free, not that toy ish. Okay. But yeah. But those are the cheap ones, the ones that like the arms don't move and stuff. So you, know you get your about? like you little get your more just yeah, you get your Namor, your Shiri, and Four your Riri Williams. I'm still on the fence about Namor, dude. I don't know. Like, when you guys picture Namor, is that what you see? No. But I, I get why they changed him, and I, I'm i okay with that. They made him, like, Aztec-based. Oh, I don't care about, like, I don't care about, like, like skin color and stuff. I'm just saying that, like what he's not just his skin color they're giving him like aztec like jewelry yeah you know his costume is oh i i misunderstood i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) which i guess if they explain that atlantis is in the gulf of mexico maybe it would make sense i guess that's the only way that would make sense i'm sure i see him enough and i'll start overlooking it but it's just not what i had picked but that's right that really lionheart looks terrible not yeah, I mean it. Whatever. You know, it should be. I think you give her the. It, she should have the pink armor, and you know, not this new red version. You got to kind of separate her more from Tony Stark than it looks like they are here. Hopefully, when she gets the maybe when she gets the Iron Heart, her own show, she'll get more of the comic book accurate armor. But for that being, if that's really the final Riri armor, that is not. That is no bueno. That is not yeah. a good choice for armor. That's bad. I like yeah, how the uh, chat's all in for Namor banging Sue Storm on screen. <laughs> is that a comic? Joe Doolin says Namor is so damn short. That's <laughs> the original. Namor like, sucks, but I don't care. First ten issues of Fantastic Four, one of the story arcs that kind of comes in and out of the comics is Sue. I think like at least twice leaves Reed for Namor. Really. <laughs> yeah, Joe's Doolin. As long as he bangs Sue Storm, all is forgiven. So, like, the hell? Her lights just turned on. Six uh, boy, you might never see her coming, but you'll hear it. Oh, <laughs> yikes! Uh, like for a while, like all we would talk about was like when's when are they going to come out with Namor? Namor is the character they should come out like kind of like Nova. Nova's been in the conversation for a long yeah, people time. People been waiting for Namor for a while. He's the now original. He's here. He's the first X Men, but they're not treating it that way. Now that he's here, it just feels like it's being largely untalked about, doesn't it? Yeah, because well, all we being... know is what's in the trailer, which is nothing. Well. Not just that, though, too. He's being overshadowed by the fact that the big question of the movie is who's replacing Chadwick Boseman? Who's the new Black Panther? How are they going to handle that? That's what that's completely overshadowing, uh, overshadowing the fact that they're adding Namor to this movie and that Namor is coming to the MCU. But I also wonder I also wonder if maybe some of like the X-Men casting news is kind of overshadowing, overshadowing Namor, too. Fantastic Four, X Men, like those are bigger characters, wouldn't you say? 
Hartman says, I doubt it, but Disney could show full penetration. <laughs> yeah, it, I think I really do think that the that as far as what's drive, I think that's really what's driving this movie. The first one was so good, but I think what's really driving this movie is who is going to take up that mantle. And by the first trailer, you can tell that they're they're really driving. They're steering into that. Yeah. I think part. I think it's going to be a misdirect too. I think there's going to be something that's leading us to believe that it's Shuri, and then it's yeah, going to be a mis- there's going to be a misdirect. Or it might be one of these things where it's like we're all Black Panther, and anyone could be. A well, it shows somebody in the gr- in the costume. Yeah. In the trailer. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of time jump, and it's going to be his son. No, I'd be. I know, but I I have my my theories on who it potentially might be. Who do you think? But um, who do you think? I can't say that and not give it. I can I can say that, and I just did. I think it's gonna be uh, Nakia. Is like love interest from the first movie. Oh, from um, she's in uh, Us, isn't she? That's the same actress. Uh, I'm, I think so. I'm not sure. She but, is gorgeous, dude. Yeah, his love interest. I think that's what the the big swerve is going to be. Is that it's going to be because there's that scene in the movie where his mom's like standing in front of that Senate and she's screaming and saying, "I've lost my entire family. Haven't I not given enough?" So it makes you wonder if something happens to Shuri or after whatever happens to T'Challa if she like takes off. Um, I kind of feel like Riri is definitely going to be like one of the kids that they got from the like the outreach program at the end of the first one, when they're like expanding Wakanda, I think that's how she's going to come into play. But I have, like I said, my theory is that it's Nikita in the armor and it's not Shiri. You don't think that it's, uh, I don't know how to say her name. Okoye. Michonne. Okoye. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't think it's Okoye. She's one of the Daijin, the Daijin. They're already badass as it is. She don't need no damn armor. Yeah, she's out there whooping ass more ass than T'Challa was without armor. I think I prefer. It should it be Killmonger. They got to bring him back, make him the Black Panther. He's listed in the cast for this movie. See, that could be the big, big reveal. I'm but, hoping. See, I think there's a there's going to be a scene where remember how in the first Black Panther there's a scene where she, where he goes to like the astral plane and yeah. sees his father. I think there's going to be a scene where Shiri goes to the astro plane and T'Challa's not there. She's met by Killmonger. And that's But who didn't talks he to die kind of unworthy? I'm trying to remember that movie. No, I don't think so. Did he redeem himself at the end? Do you need redemption to go to the astro plane? Well, I don't know. Like, there's that whole like tree of life and stuff there. I thought it was like for all former like kings. I don't know. I thought. You, well, I mean, he was. Well, he was a mem- He had royal blood, so yeah. He's the nephew. He's T'Challa's cousin, so he's got I the just, priv- he's got the privilege of the monarchy. I just thought it was like more like a heaven and hell thing. Like you had to be worthy. Um more than just blood. Zaggy but... saying Shiri signed like a five-year country. She did, but then there was a lot of that controversy where she was very like, I think she was very anti-vax with COVID. She can't, there was a lot of issues. She got hurt and they had to 
like shelve the movie for a while because she got hurt during filming. So I think there was a lot of stuff. She made comment, I believe, about not even wanting to do the movie anymore or be in the movie anymore. So I don't know if they're banking on her because she might up and bail on them. So, well, and and if you remember, and I don't remember exactly who it was, but we've heard of contract extensions for these Marvel characters before, and then they get axed. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it could be a misdirect again. Zaggy says Disney will tickle her pickle with more money. All I know is that if if I'm to look at Nakia and Shuri and figure out which one looks more physically imposing, like Nakia seems to me like she could be like an action hero. You know what I mean? Shuri is like the, the size of a toothpick. Yeah, she's like, like a, 50 pounds wet. Yeah, like I just don't see that being a good choice. Like but it's that a doesn't, sensible that choice. hasn't stopped Disney at all. No, because they digitally I mean, buffed up uh Natalie Portman to play the uh, play Thor. So I thought that was real. That's not real. Uh I thought I she's been working in the gym. She has been, but I, I have read articles that they've used they used a lot of camera tricks and digital effects to make her look bigger than she is. Yeah, I know when she was in the suit, they made her stand on like a pedestal so she could be like closer in height to Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about the the bulking. Like I thought that was all her. I could wow. be wrong. I'm just saying I think it looks fake because of the way they did. Because there's a reason when, in like in the movie when she, you when Thor's coming back to to Asgard and they're getting attacked in the middle of the night, like there's a reason you follow Molnir and when she catches it, they do that camera shot the way they do is to make it's to put emphasis and make her look bigger than she actually is. Hmm. Interesting. But, because she is tiny. Yes. Tiny. Hey, did you did you take this picture, Matt? Or is this something you found online? No, I found it online. Damn. I need that he that remains pop. He who remains. <laughs> I should have looked at Target when I was there today, but I didn't. Yeah, I've been looking for that one. I haven't found it yet. But we'll know in a couple months when uh, Wakanda Forever hits theaters. Uh, moving on to the next story. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is joining the fourth season of The Boys. Prime Video recently announced that The Walking Dead star Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast in season four of The Boys. Morgan's role in season four is being kept a secret for now. The actor is set to join his former Supernatural co-star Jensen Ackles, uh, who debuted as Soldier Boy in Prime Video's hit superhero show. In response to the news, Prime Video dropped a celebratory meme on social media, marking the actor's upcoming debut in the franchise. Look, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He shit the bed as Negan. <laughs> All right. He, Negan in the comic books was such a good villain and so unique. And now he just basically turned him into a dude with back problems because he's constantly like leaning, like you looking like he's going to enter a limbo contest in The Walking Dead. You know who they should have cast as Negan? Henry Rollins. Yeah, that's that what he's modeled after. But the dude, um, he was in Fear of the Walking Dead, the cowboy. He he like is in a relationship with Dharma. You know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he. That's how he got the Fear of the Walking Dead thing. He auditioned for Negan. He would have been perfect, dude. If not Henry Rollins, because Negan, I mean, that it's like a they look like the same person. 
stick I point thinks he's going to play Soldier Boy's dead father, so that would make him Soldier Boy and... Yeah, so that would make him Homelander's grandfather. But uh, I did like him in Watchmen. He's like one of the few, but he's not in a whole lot of it. He plays the comedian in Watchmen, yeah. right? Yeah, but he's just yeah. in everything. Like It just seems like every hit franchise, superhero franchise that comes around, he finds his way into it. So it's only a matter of time before he's in a Marvel movie. You know, well, so the reason he's in this is because the the showrunner for this is the same guy that created Supernatural, and he said a few months ago that his goal is to get the three Supernatural guys all on the same screen again: Jensen, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan, and uh, Jared Padalecki. So then he should just go do an episode of Walker. Or isn't aren't they going to probably end up being in the Supernatural prequel? Uh. Maybe if they do the Winchesters like flash forward, I guess it, it's all younger. Like they're like in their twenties. Um, mm. John and uh, Mary in that show. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but I disagree, Patrick. I mean, yeah, AFC yeah. did the show dirty, but he was, he is not a good compliment to Negan. I don't, I ugh, dude, Henry Rollins would have been so much better. There's there was better choices in Jeffrey D. Morgan. They went for a name notoriety. That, yeah, they had notoriety for that character, and they really, really watered him down. Yeah, Garrett Dillahunt, that's the dude from Fear the Walking Dead. He's such a good actor and he doesn't get enough roles. But I just don't know. Like I said, I'm just kind of tired of him popping up and these superhero franchises and i like the guy i like his acting and i just like i think who said it um someone said he's getting typecast i saw it in the chat i think it was joe's Doolin. yeah uh will he be the same negan slash comedian character he's getting typecast so i don't know i i know in that first season of negan when he was really menacing and he was running like that community I thought it was good, but it quickly, as soon as he gets captured, it just goes downhill. I think he's like leaning back and I don't know, like I wouldn't know. I haven't watched probably the last like four seasons of the walking dead. He's like constantly leaning back. Like he's like trying to win a limbo contest. What? He's trying to win a, how Saviors did Olivia Munn come contest. up? I have What's no that? idea. No idea. <laughs> I think Hartman's just stating that he would lick dirt off Olivia Munn. She was horribly cast in that X-Men movie. That was bad. Oh, she, well, because she was in... Uh, that's right, because they did the spinoff series, the Tales from the Walking Dead. They had the first episode two weeks ago, or a week ago. No, two weeks ago. With It was her and Terry Crews were in the very first episode. So they're like um, standalone mini-stories from the, the Walking Dead universe. So... What, what character did she play in the X-Men? She was um, Psylocke. Yeah, that was bad. You no, know, Joe Dillon, there's not a wrong time to bring up Olivia Munn. <laughs> no, I was just trying to figure out why. <laughs> oh, man. She is very attractive. Didn't she get her start, like, basically doing what we do on G2? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... um. I mean, the the only good saving grace I think about him and the boys is you could probably see, you'll probably get to see what he could have been as Negan, if it was yeah they can push on the boundary HBO a little bit versus AMC. But 
I just don't yeah. understand the spinoff show that they're doing, The Walking Dead, with him and Maggie. She he killed Glenn. Why the fuck is are they doing a show together? Because there is a there's a story arc in the comics. They didn't do a show together, but there is a story arc and kind of they kind of touch on it in the show too, where she kind of forgives him. She for forgives killing him. Glenn. Mm -hmm. I haven't forgiven him for killing Glenn. Yeah, she <laughs> kind of makes her peace with it and they make amends in a way. And then that's kind of what happens as like when he leaves the comic book, when they kind of write him out of the comic book, he goes on his own, on his own way. Um, but she like follows him to a cabin in the woods and she's about to kill him. And then she let, she forgives him and lets him go. And that's like the end of the Negan story arc. But so this they, is they, all going to be unwritten. Like there's no comic based on this story. Correct. The only thing that's, comic book based still even remotely close is the main show and i mean i don't know i think these spin-offs are a misdirect so because everyone knows the way now the comic ended fucking years ago so yeah. everyone knows the way the comic ends so you're kind of assuming the show's gonna end similarly so rick's gone they wrote rick off and they're doing the rick and michonne show now for amc plus so they can't Carl's kill him because he's not in the main show. Carl's gone, and he was like the la one of the last remaining survivors, other than Sophia and some of the group from the beginning to end in the book, because it follows old man Carl at the end of the book. Um, and now, so Rick dies in the second to last issue. Spoiler alert if you haven't read it yet. And it ends with old man Carl like retelling the story of his father to his kid. So... Carl's gone, Rick's gone. Who's gonna who's gonna take the the bullet? Who's gonna get the Rick's death? And that's who I think it is too. But they announced that um Daryl and Carol spin-off show, and then Carol, the actress who plays Carol, dropped out. And now they're saying they're just gonna have a Daryl Dixon show. Well, is it going to be set in the middle of events? Like cause he goes out on his own after Rick dies. So is it gonna be set in like that time period? Or is it going to be something that happens before or Wait, after? I so, thought he wasn't in the comic. Daryl's not in the comic. So what are you talking about? He goes after off so on his own after when Rick, Rick dies. When Rick dies in the show, when they blow up the bridge and he gets taken off in the helicopter and everyone oh, thinks he's Oh, I misunderstood. Okay. He I goes off you. on his own and there's a couple of years there where he's like out on his own. So unless the story's gonna be there, but I think they're misdirect. Like I think they're announcing these shows that aren't actually ever going to be made. Like I, I think the the only ones that I think it was going to is the the Maggie and um, Negan one, just because they've already started kind of showing stuff from that show. They changed the the title of it a couple of days yeah. ago. To what? What is it now? What was it before? I just know Tales like, of the Walking Dead. Like, wasn't it Isle of Dead or something like that? It might be Isle of Dead. Tales of the Walking Dead is the this like spin-off series where each episode is a standalone episode. But just changed. Yeah, the Walking oh, Dead Maggie yes. and Negan spin-off gets a new title. Isle of the Dead was only the working title. Now it's called Dead City. So it's the Walking mm. Dead, Dead City. I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Dead, Dead City." Like, I, I don't like it, but whatever. Uh, Norman Reedus needs to leave the Walking Dead and be Ghost Rider. I agree. But yeah, so I think I think Daryl's going to get that death. I, I really do. I think he's going to get the comic book death. 
And I think that um, it's going to be Judith, who is the the old the one telling the story. And yeah, I um I think the show just went on too long. Yeah, I mean, I lost. I was obsessed with it. I lost interest in it. Like the writing just started to feel not very fresh. It got way too convoluted with all these different camps and stuff, and then then they were just killing off characters to kill off characters. Like I thought it was a mistake killing off Carl. Yes, it was. And then they killed off. Um, who was his love interest that I really like? She ends up with her head on a spike. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of her name though. I didn't even watch that episode, but I read about it and I was like, yeah, they're just killing people to kill people. Well, his love and well, and his love interest in the comic book is, um, alpha's daughter and then she at the end she, he ends up with sophia so yeah there because there was sophia some crazy shit first season right there was some crazy shit yeah season two she dies there's some crazy shit in the comic book where like she really like is the first one that made him embrace because he gets shot in the face in the comic book and like loses his eye and shit so he's just got an eye socket and she kind of makes him embrace that and like he shows her the wound and she licks his eyeball. It was like empty eye socket and shit. And then they have sex. So like she takes his virginity in the comic book and shit too. So he had the eye patch, right? He got the eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't he used know. to wear like a bandana around it and stuff for a while. And then he had like his hair would just cover it too. So you're like, yeah. well, it wasn't really an eye patch. He wore glasses and one of like, he wore like sunglasses and one of the glasses was like dark, like darked out. And then one of them was like the lens, miss, lens missing. Yeah. They, they, um, I don't know. I, it's hard for me. Like if I get invested into a show, it's really got to go off the rails to like, get me to stop watching it. And this is one of those shows. Like I just stopped. I wasn't excited about it anymore. Like I just stopped. Yeah, I left and came back. I was like, I've, I gave it so many seasons. I got to just finish it up. So I caught up and I'm excited for the last couple episodes, but it's, it's, yeah, it's past this time. It's ready to go. Well, and then fear the walking dead was getting really good too. And then, and then they did that time jump and I lost interest in it. They killed yeah. off uh Voldemort. I forget the actor, you know, well, the then they killed off the main girl, Alicia at the end of the last season. So it's like the main girl from the 100, the, the daughter. Yeah. They killed her off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And they killed off the, what was he like a stepdad or something in the helicopter, right? Yeah. And then they killed off the heroin addict brother. Yeah. That was oh. Voldemort. He played Voldemort. Oh, did young, he? Yeah. In the Harry Potter movies, he was like the young one. I don't know what his name was, but he was in Harry Potter. Um, and I thought he was really interesting, interesting character, and they killed him off too soon. Then they killed the mom at the bridge, right? The dam exploded. Uh, she no, she got locked into a. Uh, I want to say she got locked in a stadium that was overrun with walkers. Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. They they had the stadium where they were building like a little community, like they had a mm -hmm. farm in it and stuff, right? Yep. But uh, didn't she come back? Uh, she's coming. She's coming back in the next in the new season yeah i just all these shows i might go watch that terry cruz one because i like terry cruz it was interesting i mean it was good enough for what it was 
and it's just a one it's just a single bite like there's no subsequent episodes or anything it's just one not yet yeah, yeah so they're doing like an alpha prequel um they talked about a little bit of the panel i went to when i was at san diego comic-con so they're doing a an alpha prequel where you kind of see like alpha before she becomes alpha and then alpha? you got the she's like the big baddie in one of the seasons she's oh, like she the, the one with the with the straight banks no she's a bald she's the leader of the whispers oh i i didn't even watch that who's the one with the that lives at the dump that has the straight banks uh um i want to say J- jada or no it starts with a j i can't think of the name of it right now i want to say but, jada but i don't think it's judah or something like that I, the whispers was after that season right yes yeah i don't know <laughs> zaggy says who's alpha you're fired <laughs> i don't watch the show man right. I, I tell i just thought it got really lame and really predictable and yeah it just seemed like they were writing story arcs to cause like shock like killing off these characters that they had no business really killing off i don't know and then rick left and michonne left and like everybody of interest kind of i was never that interested in daryl ever i thought he was overrated yeah my main interest was glenn killed him but you knew that was like he actually died the right way but then they also try to spin it to get the get uh people into the show by killing abraham in that same scene when he doesn't die that way in the comics mm-hmm. i don't know the show just got really lame i remember correctly from the comics abraham gets a sh- arrow shot through his face that's how he dies yeah it but it's just a lot of it like it was such like, the writing in the beginning was just so good like the dialogue the character development and then it just seemed like the writers got lazy they're like oh we have a hit show and these people will watch it no matter what well, their ratings have gone down dramatically over the last few years, which is why still, these Rick things are not movies. They're but TV it's show. still one of the highest rated TV shows. It's for Walking Dead, Walking Dead wise. Yes, their ratings have tanked, but it's still like one of the most watched cable TV shows every is it? year. Because I don't yeah. hear about anybody talking about it. That's anymore. why they're making spinoffs of it, dude. It's still one of the highest watched cable TV shows. But all right, let's move on. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery financial troubles are reportedly to blame for Shazam's Fury of the Gods and Aquaman the Lost Kingdom being pushed on the release calendar uh, as they're said to have no money and no clue or direction of the new regime in charge of DC. That would be Warner Discovery. So Shazam Fury of the Gods is now scheduled to open in theaters March 7th, 2023. Aquaman the Lost Kingdom will follow on December 25th, 2023. He meant no, to say March 17th, not March oh, 7th. I did say, okay, yeah, sorry, 17th, <laughs> not 7th. But, Do not show up to your movie theaters on March 7th. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. Um, in our group chat today, our Max was like, oh, it's, I hope it's because they're rebooting the Snyderverse and. They're just doing reshoots, add the shit. No, dude, the Snyderverse lost them so much money. And with the way this new regime is acting and they're just dumping everything, they're not going to risk it on trying to reboot the Snyderverse. Um, Yeah, that's not happening. No. Wait, what do you mean they lost so much money? The Snyderverse was a... I mean, Batman versus Superman was like a $900 million movie. 
it, but it's not but it they didn't make i don't think they made as much movie that cost them to just lost their money, money. Back. yeah they lost i they guess considered flops and, and they need the, the box like batman versus Sony. Superman is not a flop it's DC looks at it as a flop. That if one, you, if you take can't. two of your billion dollars, they made their money back on that one. Did it make you that? I thought it was that. only like seven hundred million. And Aquaman two made a fucking billion dollars, also. No, it didn't because that hadn't come out yet. No, Aquaman <laughs> also. Oh, okay. I was like, Aquaman two hasn't come out yet. <laughs> now Ish is making shit up. Yeah, but they need <laughs> these movies to be critical darlings, like like Marvel. Well, Batman and Superman, eight hundred and seventy-two million. Which, if yeah, you look at a lot. movie with, it is a lot of money. But if you look at a, if you look at a movie a with lot. two of their marquee characters, like think about, Spider-Man made one point one billion dollars. Far from home, one point one billion. Mm-hmm. It was Sony's highest-grossing movie to date out of any movie in Sony's complete history. 872 million for a movie and then to just be roasted in like as far as critics are concerned it was not sustaining and then justice league just i think justice league made 600 million but you also got to consider budget right 250 million that's just the budget to make the movie then you got to think about advertising that goes into that then you got to think about production of uh like they have to split the the profits with the with the theaters, right? It's eight hundred and seventy two million when you're making a two hundred fifty dollar two hundred fifty million dollar movie is not a huge return. I was just watching Matt Damon talk about it today <laughs> on TikTok. All right, but that's not also a flop. I mean that that's a lot not a of flop. People, no, a lot of people went to see that movie. Yeah, it's it's not a flop, but whether what I'm the saying, mathematics, the financials worked out or not in the end is different. But a lot of people, a flop is nobody went to see it. Yeah, a but flop would be shit ton of people. Nine hundred million dollars worth of people went to go see that. But flop, it's not doing Marvel numbers, and in DC's eyes, yeah, that I argued not, that last week with yo, DC's I know. problem when you know Superman and Batman need to do Marvel type numbers, or there's something definitely wrong. Yeah, I I just yeah, it, what Matt said, that not doing Marvel numbers. If you take if you these are two of the most well-known characters, like characters in general out of any other property in the world. And it it only made that much like not every Marvel movie makes Marvel numbers though. You know, you look at the yes, Ant-Man but, movies. But if Yes, but Ant-Man's not a marquee character like Batman and Superman. Uh, he should be. Uh, Ant-Man's an OG Marvel superhero. To like, us. He's up there in the pantheon. He was there way before a lot of characters. To us. And Hank Pym has Hank Pym was integral to the Avengers, West Coast Avengers, from the yes. 60s through the 80s. I, I agree, but he's not Spider-Man, nor is he Batman or Superman. Not okay. Nobody is. Yeah, exactly. Deadpool That's what I'm saying. Spider-Man. Yes, but Deadpool has created like this. And Deadpool is what Deadpool's hysteria. numbers are probably the same to Batman versus Superman. Yes, but it also has a much smaller budget, much much smaller budget than Batman but, versus Superman. I wouldn't say probably much smaller. You also got to look at. They also look at it like week two numbers. So if it's not staying up at the top of the box office the second week, it's out. It's a failure, no matter how much over the long run it brings it. 
Sure, but now it's all about opening weekend. Your opening yeah, weekend but, has to but, be massive. I think right now is they're putting all their money or all their eggs in the rock basket. So if if Black Adam comes out and it bombs, I think they rate these two movies off and you never see Shazam 2 or Aquaman 2. I think they Batgirl it. You want to hear the difference? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Matt. I was going to say, and they're going to try and recoup some of the money in, in the write-off that they can do from the merger. Yeah. There is a huge difference between Deadpool's budget and Batman versus Superman's budget. They made almost the same amount of money. Batman versus Superman budget was $250 million. Deadpool was $58 million. The $200 million difference in budget. Million, that sounds really low. $58 million. There's not a whole lot. And, and consider this. Deadpool did Batman versus Superman numbers and was rated R, which typically do lower numbers than yeah, a PG-13 a movie. So Deadpool was a tremendous success. So you all got to you all got to look at it through the scope, right? What was the budget? What was yeah? The but like I said before, what you said they did about the same numbers. That means the same amount of people, you know, in general, went to go see. Yeah, it. but one had one had a larger audience pool. So when someone goes to see a movie, they don't care what the budget is. No, but they had. But Batman versus Superman was a movie that could appeal to a much because it was PG thirteen, so more people could go see it. Sure. Yeah, you as the movie viewer don't did. give a shit about what the budget, budget is. A but lot of people saw it. No, you as the movie goer don't give a shit about the budget, but movies. the studio will. And the studio's sitting there going, shit, if we're not in the green, what are we well, doing yeah, here? Of course, of course. Oh, the, but you understand what but I'm there's saying, There's many right? ways like, to look at a movie, how successful it is, right? Deadpool. What, Dead... say, what the box yeah. office, box office but versus you budget. Gotta, you got to... How many Agree, people though, actually got off their butts to go see it? Like, there's a lot of diff- determining factors to yes. whether or not this well, movie was you, a hit or a you flop. Have to but, agree, though, that just because people went and saw it doesn't mean that the word of mouth campaign on the movie was very good. Doesn't mean that it's held in high regard. And if word of mouth is good, then even more people go to see yeah. it. it it's but I not think you guys are missing held the in high regards as far as like the fans go or the word of mouth goes. So. Do you think there were Batman fans who didn't go see Batman versus Superman because their friends told them it sucked? Well, I mean, I, yeah, you're going to go see Batman and Superman um, because it's the two marquee characters and you want to see that, but it doesn't make it a good movie. Here's my thing, though. I think, like, okay, Ish keeps saying the same that. amount of people went and saw it. But what you're not understanding is Batman versus Superman could have 10-year-old kids go see it. You don't understand what I'm saying? You have 10 people... I know a Half lot of people went to see Deadpool. So do Believe I. Me. <laughs> Believe but, me. But it wasn't it wasn't in mass droves like like a PG thirteen movie. Oh, it definitely Dead, was. Deadpool became the highest highest grossing rated R movie of all time when it came out. It beat Matrix Reloaded. I can tell you that my showing. I went to a showing for Deadpool one opening night, and there were probably more kids in there than there were adults. Yeah, it's I parents, didn't have the. I did have the kid in that there. movie. It's I, parents going to that movie with their kids, man, because it's Deadpool. Then, and consider this was the movie debut of a character, right? Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. familiar with Batman versus Superman. No one knew, besides in comic circles, no one knew who Deadpool was. Right, he became a phenomenon. 
pretty much. Well, <laughs> I think he was kind of a phenomenon before that because he had a video game and all that, but it, it definitely helped solidify him, yes. Yeah, I mean, this was... Ant-Man was debut of a character that not many people were familiar with outside of our circles, right? Um, that's why Iron Man doing... The original Iron Man doing what it did was so was so amazing because Iron Man was a huge gamble by Marvel Studios. It was a debut of a character. It was Marvel's first foray into making their own movie. And and now you have Shang-Chi and all these other characters that people are just not familiar with. Shazam was a huge success because it was a character nobody knew anything about. Well, Shazam also Shazam made to the no crowd. Didn't even make well, Snyderverse numbers. What did Shazam 1 make? And Joe's Doolin, don't be ashamed. That is nothing to be ashamed of. Shazam yeah, no, I love Affleck Batman. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I think Batfleck is awesome. I, I would definitely want to see more of that. I thought he's he was the best a great part of Batman. He's the only redeeming grace in and Batman. And I loved him in Superman. kind of that Frank Millerish Batman suit. Hey, Batman Superman extended cut, I think, is a is worth watching. It's much better. It's much better because it completes some of the story. Like there's stuff in the original, the theatrical version that does just doesn't make sense. Like the whole nightmare like, scene. I, I might rank that as my favorite DCU movie right now. Oh, I wouldn't go that the extended high. cut of Batman and Superman. I definitely like man of steel better than I like Batman versus Superman. See, I like, I like I'm the opposite. Um, You got to consider like Shazam didn't do the number. Shazam did equal numbers to Ant-Man. So pretty, so kind of at the bottom of the barrel. It did four hundred million off a sixty-two million dollar budget. How is oh. DC making these movies at like the quarter of budget, but with the same look? You gotta remember Shazam. Like, think back to what Shazam was like. A lot of it is those kids and stuff. Like a lot of it is Zachary Levi running around the suit. But as far as special effects are concerned, it's not over the top with special effects. Shazam I mean, had a ton of special effects, though. But it's not with, like at the same level as like Thor. Uh, you know? It might be. It probably is. I think Ant-Man or uh, not Ant-Man, Aquaman probably cost a hell of a lot more than Shazam. Yeah. They still but Aquaman or shit. <laughs> yeah, they still yeah, can't get the water effect right. <laughs> but but Aquaman was a character that people and it's also Jason Momoa. You have Jason Momoa or Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi was not a household name, and still I don't know if he could be considered a household name. But uh I'm trying to figure out what oh, I he's know, not all the people old. who like the Shazam and still don't know if you ask super old in that, that picture that from Shazam too. What's that? He looks super old in this picture. Is this from oh Zachary Levi? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he looks like he's pushing like fifty in the in this picture. Hmm. And he's pushing like a fart out or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, we debated this I think last week or the week before, Lance, Black Adam. Black Adam does nowhere near Marvel numbers or top tier DCU numbers. You don't think so? I don't think it will. 
I don't know, man. I, I'm the same. I, I say my prediction domestically, it tops out at like 220 million at best. I'll be a hundred percent honest right now. The more I see trailers and the more I see stuff for Black Adam, I don't want to see it because of The Rock. Because <laughs> I don't buy being but a comic fan, man. But but being a comic book fan, I don't buy The Rock as Black Adam. I don't buy it. It just yeah, there's I just something about it. Like he looks what that scene where he's flying between the jets and the jets come up on him. He looks like he's gonna take a shit. <laughs> he's all like scrunched up, flying. Like it looks terrible. Yeah, like, the more I, I see, I agree. A, the Rock is Black Adam. I don't want to see the movie because of him. I'm this movie's gonna make or mark. break him as a legit action star for the ages. I'm a huge rock mark too. Like I, I love think that's already happened, dude. What? I mean, he's the top t- paid actor in Hollywood right now. Well, it's easy to be the top paid actor when you're in fucking everything. Yeah, but his movies. <laughs> no, are but not his his dollar movie. amount that he makes per movie is higher than any other actor. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Fate and Hawkman. Now super that could change drastically. Doing. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I mean, even with one flop, I mean the guys come out with lots of flops. Dude, Aquaman was had a two hundred million dollar budget. That's all he does is flop, and then movies like fucking Jumanji and shit keep him going. But he doesn't really like Rampage. Yeah, like he was coming out with some duds for a while, but people still went like he made a lot on those movies on video on demand after the theaters. Like the R- Rampage numbers, video on demand. Um, san andreas all those movies 20 years made... from now are we gonna be talking about rampage and san andreas no 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 because no. we'll still be talking about movies like predator or rambo or jaws yeah, which I'm is not coming try- back in imax i'm not trying to say that it's anywhere near though i mean rambo was was sylvester stallone was nominated for best actor for that movie it's not even no, in the same wasn't. stratosphere rambo? Yes, no he wasn't. not rambo i'm thinking rocky i'm sorry i was thinking rocky nominated for acting for rocky either Sure. Yeah, he was. He and won the writing. Oscar for best writing. Was it writing? I knew it was Oscar was nominated yeah. for for a big deal, like for a well, debut. It won, it won best picture, best director, best screenplay. Yeah, and he did all of it, right? Didn't he direct? But I'm that saying one those too? are like the big action stars: Chuck Norris, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Now that they're old, far oh, I don't even talk. think I don't even think Chuck Norris. I don't even think Chuck Norris even sniffs. The Rock's money. But no, the money, but the, the legend of Chuck Norris. Yeah, but I can't tell you a single movie but, uh, with Chuck Norris, except Walker, Texas Ranger, which is a television show. Really? Delta Force. Come on, uh, yeah. No, Delta Force, Lone Wolf, McQuaid. Yeah. The Octagon. I don't think I've seen any the of missing those. Missing action movies. There was like four missing of those. Missing action, yeah. But I don't think I've seen any of those. You're uh, Ish is right. You're both kind of right in the instance of Chuck Norris because Chuck Norris doesn't do rock and money, but the legend of Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, the rock doesn't touch the legend between the memes and the stories and the fact that Chuck Norris became like this huge thing in World of Warcraft, which is like the big biggest video game of all time. You know, you go to Crossroads in World of Warcraft, and it's just people littering the chats with Chuck Norris jokes. And I have a you know, book just. The legend. I have a book on my bookshelf about Ch- with Chuck Norris jokes in it. Yeah, the guy's huge. But same thing with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme doesn't even sniff the money that The Rock has made. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, Delta Farce too. But all right, moving to the next. We could beat this conversation. Yeah, we do every week. Yeah, <laughs> every week. We're not going to get any confirmation until Black Adam comes out and we see what it does. I, and that's what I think it is. I really think that they are pushing these movies because if Black Adam flops, they're going to go, okay, we're going to get a total reboot. Yes, they're going to make it another Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. They're stupid if they don't because that movie made them so much money. The but Joker. We already know that they're stupid, dude. Like th- th- these guys oh. that are running Discovery, the guy that they're hiring. Oh, are we talking about that? They're Kevin no, Feige. I no. Because he, oh, we don't know uh, what the, you know, all the moves they're gonna make. So Lego Batman. These might be the moves they need to make. Might be premature to call it dumb. The new DC head. He's in contract talks right now. It's um, uh, it's a guy who did Lego Batman. Yeah, Dan Lin did Aladdin, the Lego Movie, and it. Not Lego Batman. The Lego Movie. I thought he did Lego Batman. Yeah, Aladdin wasn't that great. The Lego movie was pretty good. The sequel sucked. And it was good, and the sequel sucked. This is the guy they're picking to do this? Picking to do what? Run Kevin Feige at DC. And there's not... He doesn't even have to answer to anybody except David Zaslav. Like, all these other guys... Like, normally, Kevin Feige has to answer to, like, a few people. But this guy is reporting directly to like he has no overhead except this one CEO that quite frankly has not shown me that he knows what the fuck he's doing. I mean, he's getting roasted online because they removed like 200 episodes of Sesame street. They're removing all these HBO max originals. They Mm -hmm. apparently they're having funeral screenings for Batgirl and they're going to destroy the footage so they can prove to the IRS that they'll never make a penny off of it. Like this guy, this guy is gutting this once. Like Warner Brothers has had a lot of missteps, but Warner Brothers was one of the biggest movie studios in the world. And what this guy's doing has not restored any confidence in me that it's going to be, that it's going to return to its former glory. So you don't think this is just a response to a decline in interest in the movies and the criticism of the movies? No, because Top Gun just made a shit ton of money all right well top cut is not batgirl no but i think that that they could have released it as an hbo max original no they're doing this for irs purposes <sighs> no sure. well batgirl was already what was it a hundred a hundred million dollars over budget or something like that so they could and say they're... we show a shitty movie that everyone's gonna just shit all over or we do what we're doing to make back a hundred million bucks but well and it's part of the merger that it can never see the light of like they can write it off and get recoup some of that, but it can't ever see the light of day. So that's what they're doing. They canned it before because the, they said they were gonna have to do another hundred million dollars in reshoots. So they canned it before doing that. So that way they can recoup something back in the write off for the merger. And that yeah, they're gonna show a screener of it to the cast only, and then they're gonna destroy the film. And which why are they doing that? Because don't you think that would just piss off the cast even more? Say the cast walks out and wow, we did a really but good a, job. Fuck these guys. Yeah, it's almost it. like here, at least you get to see what you did. Well, and that's what Kevin Smith said. If that we're never allowed to see it. It's a spit in the face of the people who wrote and worked in this movie because they put that art together. They're making that art. The world deserves to see it, good, bad, or indifferent. But the in, the Warner's Discovery is basically giving you the giant middle finger saying, nah, fuck you. I don't care what you did. This is our money. We're getting it back. 
And yeah, that's exactly what they did. All this is, is, is they have to recoup $3 billion. That's what David Zaslav has been, has been, um, been told when, when they made, when discovery made this purchase, he has to find a way to recoup $3 billion. They removed 200 episodes of Sesame street. They got rid of a, a ton of HBO max originals. There's going to be more to come originals that came out years ago. They have no reason to remove like American pickle was removed from the service. All this is for staff members. And mm-hmm. and now they're hiring a dude that made w- like one pretty good movie, one pretty good movie. And then a couple of not very good movies. You know Sticks, what I mean? Oh, sorry. Sticks says cast and crew got paid. They don't give a shit. I disagree because you got to think pissed. they make, they make money. I say, that, I'm going to say Sticks is right. Like a lot of that crew, all the lighting men and the engineers, painters, don't give a shit. They just move on to the next project. But they yeah, those are, guys don't, they don't they're fall in love with the movies they're the, making. It's not like the writer, director, and stars, they care because it's their names yeah. you remember. Right. The other and thousands of people who worked on the movie, they just take their paycheck, move on to the they next They get project. royalties though from that too because but he said cast. Every, yeah. Every time they that. every time they show that movie, toys. You know, reruns when it comes to TV, they get royalty checks for that. Yeah, and if it's good, it has toys that sell and it gets a rerun yeah, on TVs. It's a right. piece of shit, then they get embarrassed because everyone's like, you were in that crappy movie? Well, I mean, okay, let's ways. use your argument from before against you. Okay. Batman versus Superman, the theatrical version was not very good, but it made seven, you said it was a success because it made 700 million. It wasn't very good. They sold a shit ton of toys from that movie, though. Okay. What? What? Yeah, how's that? Yeah, like, it's also Batman and Superman. But this is Batgirl and had Michael Keaton's or, return. True, Michael Keaton's return, but Batgirl isn't that popular. Come on. But Michael Keaton, you put Michael Keaton could be that draw that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. That's the thing. Spider-Man. That's the thing that hangs out there is the Michael Keaton, and it's like wow. But I mean, we'll see him. Yeah, no, as old man Bruce Wayne shooting him in that movie. They're old man Bruce Wayne and fucking Batman uh, Beyond. They're, that, they removed him from the Aquaman movie. I, I'm pretty sure they're removed. Like the Michael Keaton thing's not going to happen. Ben Affleck's return. Ben Affleck reshot all of Michael Keaton's scene for Aquaman. Which well, gave the rumor that they were trying sense. to restore the Snyderverse. No, I think it's that they are probably already had Ben Affleck under contract for this stuff for far less than what they would have had to pay Keaton. But Keaton and, already filmed the scenes. Or they are got something different in mind for Keaton, so now they're fixing that. Um, or they don't, they're not going to continue to go on with this universe, so they're, reca- they're refilming with Affleck, so it kill, essentially killing their grandiose idea for Michael Keaton being like the watcher of the DC universe. And it would have been, he would have been the watcher of the of a mostly now all female DC universe, and I think yeah. that's what they're they're scrapping that storyline. So I think they have to rework Michael Keaton's role now. I don't know because it's, mean, it's not, not going to work. Be, he's not going to be bossing around Batfleck or uh, Superman. They ain't going to be bossed around by Michael Keaton. Batgirl, sure. Supergirl, sure. Well, they already canned the Supergirl movie, and they're canned. The only one like I haven't they canned Batgirl, they canned the Wonder Twins. The only thing I haven't heard about yet is Blue Beetle. 
Um, but That's I've even heard yeah. that, yeah, the rumor can't can in that. And I've heard that there's rumors of them axing Titans and um, Doom Patrol as well, two of their biggest shows on HBO Max. They're going to they can already those. canned so. that Batman Cape Crusader, which was which was uh, heavily watched. Young Justice is getting canned again. Some of their animated stuff that that gets a lot of views on their streaming services. Well, they canned the all those thing, too. The good thing about Batman is there the Cape Crusader. There's a lot of interest from like Apple TV and Netflix and other locations for that. So that could possibly still come. They can fruition, shop it. But... Yeah, even though it's a DC property. Mm-hmm interesting yep. i didn't know that. I, that dude that's how they're gonna recoup i'm telling you that's how they recoup a lot of this is by selling these is by selling these rights or making deals for these rights where you can use this in x amount of places for x amount of money like it's going to be like i guarantee you it'll probably be like the sony marvel deal in the sense where they shop these characters out like they retain the rights but they shop them out where they get a cut of you using them in your movies so it'll probably be other you know, outlets or studios using these characters down the line instead of everything being done by Warner Brothers. I just don't have a lot of faith in the direction that's yeah. That the, going so, in. Joe, they're plugging Titans and Doom Patrol on HBO Max still because they still got a season to come out. They're they've already they've still got season four Titans, and I want to say season four or five of Doom Patrol to come out. So they're that's why they're pushing that. But the the a lot of the talk has been that those shows are not going to, unless they do like gangbuster numbers, and they're like, unless they come out like, um, peacemaker numbers, and where it's like the most talked the most talked about shows when they're out, I don't foresee them making another season. But. Who knows? Again, we've talked about this to death. Moving on, I'm clicking the button. WandaVision director Matt Shakeman might be making a return trip to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A new rumor claims that Shakeman will direct the newest cinematic outing for the Fantastic Four, which will start phase six of the MCU. According to the direct, Shakeman has signed on with Marvel Studios to oversee the Fantastic Four entirety into the new franchise, replacing original intended director John Watt. Marvel has yet to confirm Shakeman's involvement with the reboot. Nothing against this dude, but this is not. I don't. I'm not excited about this. Matt Shakeman won two Emmy awards for best directing. For what? Wandavision. Yeah, Wandavision was great. I loved Wandavision. And I think there's a rumor but... that he's going to be doing a Star Trek movie. Or the next May, maybe AJ. he might have an eye for sci-fi. I don't know, but I was really hoping for an established sci-fi director. For and WandaVision was more of like that mystical. A lot thing. of people Fantasy, are yeah. going wrong. Like you don't have to do sci-fi to do the Fantastic Four. Uh, oh, yeah, it's no, time for that. It's it's that me? time in the show for what ish housing. <laughs> you got a hot dog here. Oh, I just I. Oh, you don't like hot dogs. No, I do. But. I kind of wanted to see something sci-fi when it came to Fantastic Four because if you really think about it, like it's about a scientist. Yeah, Marvel family. hasn't really done that yet. The sci-fi part, right? Like everything's been kind of like aliens and fantasy and stuff. Like I would have liked like a real sci-fi. I don't know. 
Yeah. It just well, seemed interesting to me. But I was Dylan's right. Everyone's always worried about the director when it's the writers that are the most important. Joe's right, but the director is also the one person who could always rewrite everything. But I'm more interested to see the cast because there's, I think they cast John Krasinski, which. What if he was to direct like, it? I, I was down for that. I was hoping he would. Because that dude, that dude, I, I've yet to see anything bad that that, that dude's done. It's going to be J.J. Abrams or, or Steven Spielberg at the end of the day. <laughs> Steven Spielberg wouldn't bother me. I I really want Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she would be phenomenal. She does do good with Star Wars, yes. But That was my number know. one pick was Bryce Dallas Howard. Just as Marvel places these directors' balls in a jar. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I think there's so much on the line with Fantastic Four with Marvel that this is like one of those movies where they're going to do everything in their power not to screw it up. Yeah, because it's been screwed up twice already. I'll say that Um, Shankman is at least a step up from what the hell's I can't read. Oh yeah, for John Watts. John Watts. Not that John John Watts Watts did No Way Home. But yeah, he that was that that movie was made by committee by a bunch of producers, and John Watts was just the yes man to make it happen on set. It's you think like, Far From Home was that way too? Because I liked Far From Home. I think all three of them were like that. Really? You know, he brought whatever he brought to the table, but it wasn't. It wasn't like this huge cinematic particular vision of a, you know, this artist. Didn't, he just he... made everything work what those producers needed him to work. What else did he do? He did that um, Thousand Days of Summer or something like that. So he went from like small. Yeah, he did all the Spider-Man movies. He did um what else here? He didn't he did a bunch of music videos. He hasn't really done Sticks Boys' Roland Emmerich. That's kind oh, of he did the ro- our Robocop rem oh, no, that's not Robocop. Cop car I heard was pretty good. Yeah, he just done he hasn't done a lot. Um no, he hasn't. I don't know, man. Like to me, I, I just kind of, that's the category I see him in. He was just a, a studio yes man who made the movie work. Who did? Which is saying a lot because that movie was huge with a lot of moving parts. Who did? And it's um, not like you watch Doctor Strange 2 and you're like, that's a Sam Raimi movie. You know, that's Oh, yeah, it has his, hand, his fingerprints all over it. Movie. Yeah. Um, who did, um, is it called Chronicle? What? That's J- movie? Oh. Trank, Josh Trank who made Fant Forstick. Yeah. Oh, that's the same dude? Yeah, and he got fired from uh, one of the Star Wars movies. I liked Chronicle. I didn't realize it was the same dude that did Fantastic Four. You know what? Whatever happened to the director of Rogue One? That guy has fallen off the face of the earth. That movie was amazing. Maybe Marvel needs to bring him in. Yeah, I like that. I think his name that's is Gareth closer, That's closer to the sci-fi thing. You know, Star Wars, I don't really consider it too too sci-fi, but... It's more sci-fi than fucking. Rogue uh, One was more kind of like almost like a war movie. Yeah, in a fantasy movie. What is he? What is he up to? I don't think he's done anything since Rogue One, and he's only done previously did the first Godzilla movie. Uh, Director, like I just take his money and run. And that first Godzilla movie was actually pretty decent. I thought I liked it. With the one with uh, Brian Cranston. 
yeah, and, and Elizabeth Olsen's in it, right? And um, Craven, what's his name? It's a dude plays Craven. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, uh, th- they were both in it, right? It's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's only directed one thing that has yet to come out since Rogue One. Since what was that? Oh, it has called True Love. It's coming out. It's coming out in uh, twenty three. When everyone else is shitting on Star Wars movies, prequels and sequels, and you got the biggest hit, and everyone renownedly says you made the best Star Wars sequel about a and it fuck if it's not about a movie that a story you already knew that you didn't need to see until you you, that you didn't know you needed to see until you saw the movie. (laughs) Yeah, you take your ball and you go home. That's, that's an Oscar on its own, dude. You set that on the mantle, and you're just like, when the, anyone's like, "What'd you do with your career?" You light up your cigarette and you go, "I made Rogue One, the only <laughs> Star Wars prequel that doesn't get shit on." And then yeah, Rogue One, it's Rogue One. Like, Rogue One's awesome, yeah. And they give him a standing ovation, and he just pays his check and leaves the room. Like that's that's what it is, right there. Like you don't need to make anything else after that. I would have I would have liked him to to do Fantastic Four. I thought that I. That's a brilliant idea. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before, ish. Or he just has such a bad taste in his mouth from working with Disney on that movie. He's like, no, fuck that. that And you know that, like, the writers, I'm looking up the writers right now. You know that a lot of that wasn't the writers of why Rogue One is so, like, yeah, they came out. But if you look at their past stuff that these writers have written, Michael Clayton, Nightcrawler, duplicity dude, like none of them are anywhere near the stratosphere <laughs> of rogue one you can't fuck that movie up it's already been written for you it has been written for you in the lore Wait, of star tony wars gilroy? you can't you can't fuck that movie up like that's yeah tony gilroy did that one and then... See, he's like a big time hollywood oh he's screenwriter. he's done big stuff but nothing not just in the star wars yeah rogue he's done one. like serious movies i'm just saying he, like Writer oh, he's doing Andor too. Up. Yeah, he wrote the Great Wall. That was shit. He wrote the Born Legacy. Shit. The right. That's the one with Jeremy Renner, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. That was shit. He did. Did he write oh, he Syriana? Did, he did Ultimatum. That was that in Supremacy. Oh, he did all the Borns. Devil's Advocate. That was a big movie. But as far as everything else, like. Nightcrawler, I love Nightcrawler. Yeah, but it, but night—that's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah, it was good, but it's not Rogue One. No, but in its own category, it's amazing. And this other guy, Chris, whatever the fuck his name. Yes, is. Sticks has hit it. To be fair, these are all adaptations. Chris White, but Rogue One's not, dude. Like I said, Rogue One, you can't fuck up because this the essential story for it. The beginning, middle, and end of it is given to you in A New Hope. Yeah. Like, it's there. You can't fuck that up. So all you have to do is get these characters from point A to point B. That's it. And fill in the blanks. Yeah, like, but they made it interesting even though we were all sitting there knowing what was going to happen. Yes. But... I mean, you could argue the same thing about the Obi-Wan show. You could argue the same thing about any, like, the prequel tri- trilogy, right? But you could also You knew that it had to that... end with Darth Vader. Well, it didn't have to end with Darth Vader. It could have ended. They could have just blown the planet up and that, or you know, died, and that's the end of it. Like, because then the they show the whole, trilogy. 
Yeah, because they show the whole Darth Vader thing at the beginning of A New Hope. So they didn't even have to bring that up. You didn't no, but it had to, to be the either. journey. Like y- your end result was Darth Vader. Like the whole the whole thing is about Darth Vader. So yes, I agree. <laughs> Obi should have never faced Vader again, sticks. But but like you could argue Obi Wan like there there was an end end game in that like and they kind of fucked that one up. Like I well, liked it, but I didn't love it. My point was is that. Rogue One is an easy pass because essentially the entire plot of it is given to you in a new hope. So you can't really change that much of it. So it's like literally getting, you're just getting these characters from point A to point B. But Rogue One is the only property that, that we're talking about that doesn't have any recognizable characters. Well, because they all die. They're not supposed to. Yeah, but you have Obi Wan who was supposed to be bankable. You have Boba Fett who's supposed to be bankable. You have they're still uh, bankable. They're very bankable. It's just well now they feel that Aunt Cassian Andor is bankable because he got his own show. Yeah, which I don't. Whatever. I don't. I have no interest in that show either. But you're saying you give it a pass because there was like, oh, you just got to get those characters from A to B. Yeah, that sounds really agree. boring, and they didn't make a boring movie. They did. No, they didn't. They filled, right. They those dots in really well. They did an amazing right. job. Exactly, but I'm just saying, like, they could have easily phoned it in. You, it, it would have been very hard for them to fuck up Rogue One. See, and that's that's where I disagree because I feel like every prequel you could argue they have the template there. Yeah. See, and Sticks is saying the same thing with Rogue One. You know where it had to end up. You just had to write a decent storyline. Yeah, that and it's a great story. It's my favorite of all the Disney <laughs> stuff that's come out. <laughs> Joe's Duel says, speaking of elder abuse, Book of Boba Fett was a trash fire. <laughs> yeah, and that's Boba Fett. Like, and they fucked it up. But that's not really a prequel. Dude, Boba Fett is one of those like anomalies to me because that dude gets so much play for a guy who's like barely even in the Star Wars movie, you know, in the original trilogy, and he barely does anything. Like he he gets so much play for putting Han Solo in carbonite, like and getting eaten in a Sarlacc pit. Like it was the it's the the like books and the extended universe that made him the badass that everyone has come to like flaunt over, but or flock over. But he's also the know. most rare Star Wars toy. Flaun over. Yeah. But moving on. To a topic I know Ish is dying to talk about. Batman <laughs> Forever star Val Kilmer wants to reprise Who's Dark Knight for the DC Extended <laughs> Universe role. In an interview with IGN, Kilmer was asked if he was interested in making a Bruce Wayne slash Batman DCU cameo. Kilmer simply replied, yes, please. Hey, I'm all for it, but ugh, I mean, I don't is he You like, are? They're going to have to, have to oh. CGI him. Yeah, why not? Oh, this is the one you like, right? No, this is my least favorite. Oh. This is Corbin's. This is Corbin's this bread and butter. Corbin, like, they, they merge into one man. movie for me. Somewhere, somewhere out there, Corbin is hearing this news and he is running, bumbling, and stumbling downstairs <laughs> with chicken tenders. While the you know at the at the sounds of this, he's so excited. So how, I mean, how CGI is he going to have to be? He can't talk. Yeah, I mean, he was in Top Gun and they had to do the writing on the screen, didn't? Or the, didn't they use AI to do his voice? They, yeah, yeah I, believe the, so. I think I he think had like the Stephen Hawking about, effect. 
I think Andy Circus was actually playing Val Kilmer in Top Gun too. <laughs> and they just mocap. Nothing him. against the guy. Like he's the 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 stuff that he went through, the throat cancer and stuff. Like, but how would this even work? Yeah, I don't know. It's cool to want, but even my seven-month-old wants, but it doesn't mean you're going to get. Yeah, Sticks Boy's right, and Top Gun 2 was filmed like six years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, he still isn't doing great. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he could pull off playing, being in the bat suit again. I don't know. It would but. be weird. They'd have to come up with some real creative. Can we just let the Schumacher DC, uh, the Schumacher Batman movies die, please? Because if we're doing this, then we got to bring back Clooney. No, you don't. Yes, and you then don't we're need bringing to bring back, back Arnold. No, uh, I'm gonna put you in timeout. You're not gonna dethaw the Ice Age. <laughs> dethaw Arnold. No. Nope. 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 That nope, means nope, Batman nope. will be cool again. Go to the next slide so I don't have to hear yeah. this shit anymore. <laughs> Netflix announced today that uh, Umbrella Academy has been renewed for its fourth and final season. The final season has been largely written. Steve Blackman, who de- developed the comic-based adap- adaptation for the streaming service, will remain on executive producer and showrunner. He stated, I'm so excited for the incredibly loyal fan to the Umbrella Academy. We'll be able to experience fitting end to the Hargrave siblings' journey. We began five years ago. Blackman said in a statement, "Before we, but before we go out to that conclusion, we've got an amazing story ahead for season four. One that will have fans on the edge of their seats until the final minutes." I'm I feel like this, this is a. I feel like it's premature, though. I feel like it could have gone on for a couple more seasons. This is Netflix, dude. Three to four seasons tops, unless it's Stranger, Stranger Things. Unless it's Stranger Things, but that's an anomaly. I really like this. This is one of my favorite shows, I think. And Umbrella Academy is not anywhere near the like level of It's so well fandom written, that, dude. It's it is. It is. So well written like and to take it it's so unique in in a in a <laughs> in a environment where like a lot of these superhero shows, I mean the boys all the boys is is let's take the justice league and make it R rated. That's really all the boys is like, it's not, there's, there's not really smart writing that comes with the boys. It's just fun to watch. Right. I don't sit there and think about like wonder where the storyline's going. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. much there, you know, and you could say that with every comic property. Sandman is, is, is I would put in the same boat, right. With umbrella Academy, Sandman Sandman's very unique. The Umbrella Academy is just, it just, it's smart writing. It's good character development. They get me to care about characters that, I don't know. It's just a bummer that it's ending, but I'm glad that it's actually getting an end. But yeah, it is better that it's going to end on its own terms versus continuing on and just getting canceled. So you're left in the middle of a cliffhanger. Or how many, how many books did Umbrella, like, did Umbrella Academy have? I want to say it was five or six, wasn't it? I think Gerard Way is still working on a new one, too. Is he? I think so. Um, We sell zero 
Umbrella Academy. When season one came out, there was a little uptick. People were ordering the trade paperbacks. It's probably been like a year, a year and a half since anyone's even come in and asked for. That's so there's Apocalypse Suite, which is the, I believe is the first volume. Yeah, it's volume one, Apocalypse Suite. Then there's volume two, uh, Dallas, which is what season two was based off of. And then there's volume three, the the Hotel Oblivion, which is what season three was based off of. So I think season four is probably going to be the new book that he is coming out with. So Sparrow Academy is volume four. There you go. Well, I think they I think they included that is yeah. the, that is also season three of the show. Sparrow yeah, Hotel Oblivion and Sparrow Academy were mixed. So uh, I don't see even like what the next one that is coming out is Sparrow Academy. It hasn't even come out yet. The book this says while while each of the Umbrella Academy's first three seasons has uh, roughly corresponded with one of the three volumes of Gerard's Way um, comic based series, the show has no volume four to draw from. Yeah, it just says Volume 4 Sparrow Academy. In July 2020, Gerard Way revealed that Volume 4 would be titled The Umbrella Academy Sparrow Academy. While the story has not yet been released in print, it is the main plot line in Season 3 of the show. Well, that and Hotel Oblivion, but yeah, yeah. so I'm sure he's probably writing. I know he's heavily involved in the show, so I'm sure he knows what's going on. He's got something in mind for Season 4, but... I'm surprised you don't sell any of those. I thought just with his name alone ish, you would sell those. Gerard Way. Not anymore. Yeah, because My Chemical <laughs> Romance, they go on tour and their show sells out in like 20 seconds. <laughs> Zaggy says, No need to look. It'll be forgotten. And he says, Umbrellas will still be, will be used to stop rain again. <laughs> Joe's Doolin said, There's a few one shots as well. Yeah, I was uh, uh, Mondu, but the past ain't through with you, safe and sound, anywhere but here. But there you go. All right, let's get into a little bit of video game news. Sticking with Umbrella Academy, the upcoming Horizon Zero Dawn adaptation has a new showrunner coming straight from Netflix hit series, The Umbrella Academy. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Steve Blackman, who has worked on The Umbrella Academy, recently signed on to adapt Horizon Zero Dawn into a live-action TV series. The series is rumored to be titled Horizon 2074. Along with Horizon Zero Dawn show, Sony revealed the future adaptations for both God of War and Gran Turismo. Uh, District 9 director Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp. Yeah, it's set to direct Gran Turismo, scheduled to release in August of 20, I want to say 2023. I was going to mention him earlier, Neil Blomkamp, another guy who made like three sci-fi movies and then just fell off the map. District District 9 9 is great. Chappie. Didn't he do Chappie? Chappie I liked Elysium too. Oh, I didn't care for Elysium. That's the and I was like, one, he right? was he was going to direct a, a Star Trek movie until he said he didn't he would not direct a J.J. Abrams script, so they got rid of him. 
And I'm like, this is the guy who should be making science fiction projects. But yeah, Chappie was a shock how good that movie was. You didn't like Horizon Elysium? Zero Dawn coming to Netflix. Mm. That was a cool undetermined release date. Yeah, so Elysium is basically Matt's adaptation. Yeah, maybe he should do Fantastic Four. Elysium is Lance? basically Matt Damon's. Um, it's kind of like Alpha. What do they call it? Alter. What's the Will Smith movie that he did with his son? Oh, After Earth. Earth. After Earth. It's kind of like their their uh, soapbox for for cleaning the world, like like global warming and stuff. Is essentially what those movies are. No, Elysium was more about like the subtext was about like class stuff. Class structure. Yeah. Yo, yeah, then, I wasn't saying it was about health, like cleaning the earth, but it's like it's but all that aside, I thought it was a very cool movie. But I do, do agree it was definitely weighed down with political propaganda that always ruins a movie. And See, then, District Nine had that kind of stuff too, though. Yeah, but yeah, but District Nine and District Nine, I think it's the what's it the actor's name? That, oh, that actor was awesome. He has a really interesting name. He's in that new movie with Idris Elba, Beast or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he was in Elysium also. He was in, he was in all, all three of those movies. Yeah. He always works with that director. But Chappie might be my favorite, dude. I love Chappie's that Chappie's a piece movie. of trash, dude. I love he that sucks. movie, dude. I love that movie. It reminds me of like Short Circuit a little bit, but yeah. like a little bit more adult. I love that, that movie. Um, as Ish alluded to earlier in the show, this week, we celebrate the multiplayer game that launched the first-person shooter genre into the stratosphere. Goldeneye turns 25 years old this week. Have you guys Slap ever noticed? Have Slap you guys ever home. seen the meme of this cover? Gold guns. Is, with his hand, his mouth is, like, really wide. Yes. Have you guys <laughs> yeah. ever seen that? Yeah. But, yeah, slappers only. Golden gun on facility. The, this is a movie that i'm surprised never got like a remaster i'm surprised that that never happened like they kind of did it with a perfect remaster. dark yeah you mean game? Oh, the game or the movie you said a game story. game game sorry sorry game this is a game i'm shocked never got like a proper it remaster did. well it they actually replaced did yeah they replaced dan they replaced pierce brosnan with daniel craig when and was it, this a few years ago and it was dog shit was it Yes. Was it the same game? Uh, they did make tweaks to it, but I believe it was Goldeneye with Daniel Craig instead of Pierce Brosnan. And it had like, odd, what was his name? Odd Odd Job? Yeah. I know that they took basically Goldeneye and made the first Perfect Dark game all the same levels and everything. The best thing about Bronson Bond was, or Brosnan and Bond was this game. Absolutely. Dude, this was that yeah. game that you, you could use to settle arguments. This was like in that Mario Kart like yeah. level of you had a disagreement, you took it to to Goldeneye or like just I just remember playing this game with my my buddies and and his dad for just hours, man, and all the cheat codes you could put in and <coughs> proximity mine putting proximity mines in the stalls at the bathroom and the facility and this game is just Nostalgia was, to its core for me. I was 12 when third, this game came out. The third highest selling Nintendo game of all time. Yeah. That's pretty it, impressive. It was crazy. Um, I was 12 when this game came out, and I remember 
we would have like N64 nights. We'd all be huddled around this old CRT TV. We'd play this, Mario Kart, and Mario Party. Those were the staples that we would all have these tournaments against each other, playing GoldenEye, Mario Kart, and Mario Party. Absolutely. Nothing ever else got played. Mario Absolutely. Party was legit. I love those games. I was also with this game, and you two are definite exceptions, but this game launched a whole new generation of James Bond fans, you know, seeing the movies and all that. And I know a lot of people who love the James Bond movies, and but they're like, but it started with this game, and this game made them go watch the movies. Mm -hmm. This game was huge. Yeah, it really is like thinking back, it's like the first mainstream, like shooter game like they had counter-strike and stuff but this game appealed to audiences out like a large like kind of how call of duty is right call of duty like appealed to a much larger audience than like even counter-strike did like this was like really that first game that i think without this game you wouldn't have like call of duty and all that stuff that that's coming out today no absolutely not yeah i think this spawned this this game launched the massive multiplayer first person shooter like that four person yeah yeah and wolfenstein while that's an iconic game nowhere near the stratosphere of yeah no not at all yeah it's funny i actually just watched this movie yesterday but not my favorite bond movie Uh, there's only one that i like with pierce brosnan it's when he's like in the ice just because it had some cool another day is that what it is yeah, yeah I like, like a the, big, the big, big climax is like in this ice castle, this palace made of yeah, ice. Yeah, I, I remember what I haven't seen it in years, but I remember when I watched that one, I was like, oh, this is I think I saw it in theaters. It had really cool action scenes. Is that his that's last a movie one? that kind of bond purist kind of shit all over and me being a massive bond purist. But that movie is like as an action movie fucking has everything you could possibly imagine. Yeah, in an action movie packed into one. Yeah, it was it was like over the top action. I enjoyed it. Oh, it was absolutely yeah. So if you like the over the top, fun Bond, Die Another Day, like takes it to another absolute another level. Yeah. Did you did you guys see that uh, there that Tom Holland is the lead front runner to play Chains Bond? No, thank no. you. They're still talking Henry Cavill. I heard. But... I heard they ruled him out because they're looking for a, a young guy. Well, then I saw another headline saying confirmed Bond will be a person of color. So I think they're just, we don't yeah. know. They keep that shit locked tight. And you Idris know, Elba says to announce the new Bond is like a huge moment. So I just rumors are just going to be exactly that rumors. I love Tom Holland, but not, not for that. Tom Holland has way too many franchises he's involved with. He's too soft. Come on. Yeah, he just doesn't look like Bond should look killer. like a ladies' man, right? Like even Daniel Craig kind of pushed that. Daniel Craig doesn't even seem like a ladies' man to me. Like you know what I mean? Like this suave, like sure, sure. And that was the appeal of Daniel Craig was supposed to be more rugged, right? But Tom Holland doesn't fit either of those. Tom Holland looks like Peter Parker, like a looks puny like a kid. kid. Yeah. yeah, like I just. I don't know. I feel bad shitting on Tom Holland, but just not for this role. I like him, just not for this. You know who should play who should play James Bond, right? 
They should go old man James Bond. It should be <laughs> Michael Caine. Oh boy. I think it's gonna be the dude from uh Bridgerton. <laughs> Renee Renee Jean whatever. He was just in the Gray Man movie. I didn't watch the Gray Man. I think they need to go young. They need to go somewhere. Chris- at least in honest. the early twenties. I mean, Daniel Craig is 37 in the first movie. Roger Jean Page, he's only... It's me, JJ, Frankie, JJ. What about Elliot Page? <laughs> and on that note, that's it this conversation. <laughs> Let's transition to the next slide. <laughs> Roger Jean Page is only 34. And he, I mean, if they're going for a person of color, and just, like, he looks like James Bond to me. I, I don't know. I, I, I. I believe it. Don't you? Is he French or is he British? I think he's British. He's in Bridgerton. But Aaron, I mean, you're he, just gonna be for anybody who's got a fucking English accent. So I'm pretty sure like, he's British. I'm sure you're probably all be time behind Tom Holland being in it too, because it's just the accent. Don't you think ish? Like he could he he fits better than Tom Holland. I don't know who that is, but I'm just based on that photo. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it, it works for me. I don't know what. They just need to let Bond go. Let He's it, a British actor. Let Matt, it die. Matt. <laughs> let He's it a die. British actor. But he kind of fits that <laughs> age, 34. You could make 10 to 15 years of Bond movies I, with him. I would want to go even younger than that. Yeah. Then, then I that just way you start... can squeeze a lot of, gets a lot of mileage out of an actor. Th- that, if you go any younger than that, then it's just James Bond, the child. I just don't. No, it's not because James Bond, someone. He was a commander in the military, right? So you do a tour of duty, whatever. You're in your late 20s getting recruited into MI6. You're not in your 40s. That's on the tail end of a secret I think I, career. We've created a new crush for your mom. <laughs> Bridgerton, dude. Oh, boy. <laughs> she Sorry, saw buddy. my Olivia Munn comments earlier, so I guess <laughs> it's all fair. Uh, all right. Saying, well, yeah, go for it. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead and say your piece. Say your piece. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying out of everyone I've seen, if they're not going Henry Cavill or Idris Elba, that guy just fits. Well, they're definitely not going Idris Elba. He's pushing like 60. No, he's not. Is he? Yeah, he is. I don't know if he's that old, but I don't think he's he's at least like 50. He's he that he even said that boat sailed. I'm pretty sure Henry Cavill and him are close to the same age. They want to. They want to. Idris Elba's forty nine, and Henry Cavill. Dude, gonna, I'm pretty sure is forty seven. They're going to do Bond though. They're gonna. They're gonna go younger, and they're going to get someone who they can sign multiple pictures. Yeah, because you got to do a reboot. Mm-hmm. And you want to get. You know, they got five movies out of Craig, and I just felt by the fourth movie was just when his story started getting good. And well, and then they killed over. him, didn't they? He's actually yeah. ten years younger than Idris Elba. He's thirty nine. Henry Cavill. That's shocking. All right. Sometimes I forget how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move on to a new segment on the show. Trekking with Ishtar. I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> he gets his own oh, hey, dude. To talk Thank to you guys. I'm so honored Star to have Trek. this. This is amazing. Uh, 
Uh, Matt is having way too much fun with this video editing. I have a totally <laughs> going that was awesome. All right, Ish, it's your segment. Read the card. She, I can't read that, to be honest. <laughs> I can no, right. I seriously, I can never read those, even when I put my glasses on. The I, late I, Michelle... I count on Matt reading it to me. <laughs> do you want to do it, Matt, or you want me to do it? No, go ahead. The late Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura in Star Trek, the original series, will reportedly have her ashes sent into space. According to TMZ, the actor's ashes will be added to the United Launch Alliance's Vulcan Center rocket, which is set to launch for the moon in December 2022. The rocket will also carry the remains of Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry, as well as James Doohan, who Ooh. played Scotty in the original series, and Michelle Barrett Roddenberry, who played Nurse Chapel. Pretty it's cool. interesting because I already thought James Doohan, so Scotty, my, I, I was under the impression his ashes were already taken into space on a trip quite a while ago. Or maybe either just... way, this is very cool. And, and to go with Gene Roddenberry's ashes, I mean, like, so do you think really Shatner's cool. like, shit, that's I how you hurry get buried. up and die before the end of the year? So well, I'm Shatner, buried. when Shatner went up in space, he was, he even said, if I die up there, I'm cool with that. And he, yeah. he only like, Kind well, of think reached like the die, upper so. stratus, like it wasn't really even space, really. No, like this is going to like into space. Yeah, he technically did, but it was like the lowest part of like. Well, they right? like orbit Earth. No. Yeah, but this is like going far out, right? Like, <laughs> and this geez. is befitting, okay? Because Star Trek, Starfleet, right? It's like a navy. In the navy, you get like the burial at sea, right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of this space equivalent, burial in space. It's it's poetic. It's beautiful. You know, it's probably every Star Trek nerd's dream. I'm just saying I hope this tradition keeps going. I hope Will Shatner, George <laughs> Takei, even um, um, Patrick Stewart. I just hope they all get shot into space. That'd be amazing. You hope it becomes a tradition like they have at Pearl Harbor, where the if you were on one of the ships that got sunk in Pearl Harbor and you die, you can have your ashes request, have your ashes buried with your crew members in the, the ships. I think, don't you think over the US Arizona. Like, just, I don't think that would ever get old. Like hell, Scylla send Will Wheaton out there too. When he's and that, that's going to be years down the road. I don't care. I don't know if Will Wheaton deserves to be shot into space. Oh, that's the only thing the dude's known for that and big bang theory. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and la and uh, stand by me, I guess. Yeah. What uh, do you think, you guys? Are talking Star Trek. I'm having a coughing fit here. <laughs> what do you I think, Ish? Is Will Wheaton worthy to be shot into space? <sighs> no. I'm just saying, anybody who was on Star Trek, anybody, anybody. <laughs> Joe Dillon wants to know that would never Does get that include like cameos. Joe Doolin says, do they have to have passed for us to shoot him into space? <laughs> <laughs> no, but don't you feel like that's a tradition that just would never get old-ish? Yeah, no, I agree. You know, and we're going to have a lot coming up. I mean, Patrick Stewart's in his 80s, right? Will Shatner. A lot of these guys are going to be. But it's, I feel like it loses. Billy, its... William Shatner is almost, I think he's going to be 95 soon. It loses yeah. its um, appeal and coolness if you just start shooting everyone into space yeah it just like, can't be everyone the the original cast that's awesome go for it but like when you start getting into like next generation and all that like getting into patrick stewart and all that i i don't think 
I think Patrick Stewart's beloved. I think people would freak over that. He's beloved, but Nichelle Nichols, she's iconic in her own way. Oh, I, I because agree. of what she represented, the whole thing with Martin Luther King Jr., all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I forget the astronaut space uh, astronaut's name who was the first black astronaut in space, and she says, literally, it's because of that character that she became an astronaut. So, I mean, where's Leonard that- Nimoy at? He's he buried? dead for a long time. I know he's dead. <laughs> See, that, he he would ne- that would never happen to him. He was uh, an Orthodox Jew, and so their like funeral rites are very very specific. They can't, they can't so chop off never... a finger and send it. Well, I don't know about that. So that's why they made a, a big toenail. deal. That William Shatner didn't go to his funeral, and that was one of the reasons because he couldn't. Wait, they can't have people go to their funerals it was they had very yeah it's not like an open public funeral even for somebody that's like like leonard nemore and will shatner will be joined at the hip for eternity absolutely you know what i find funny about that old original series why do all those guys like hate each other george takei william shatner like they don't it's just george takei that's a whole George Takei just story. hates everybody. <laughs> oh my! Well, he just hates what, William Shatner, and he's just—he was able to turn everyone against Shatner. Each other. Wouldn't give him a taste. Yeah, was. Shat wouldn't give him a taste, so he was a little angry about it. You know, that's I. The, the George Takei thing is weird. I mean, it literally—if you take a stopwatch and you watch Star Trek, he's probably maybe in like five minutes of it, actually with dialogue. Oh, really? But he's in every movie. He's there. He's part of the crew. So I'm not like taking anything away from Sulu. But Sulu is Sulu, right? He's got every Mm -hmm. movie. He's got his one little moment. And that's it. But he always wanted to be treated as the big star. Yeah. And Will Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, those were the the stars. stars. Yeah. And then when when they made the show, it was like those two came in on one door. And the supporting cast, the bit players, as they were called, they would come through another door. That was just the system. And Decay, for some reason, he always thought he should be up on the upper echelon. Even though they even took him off the show at some point, and he went and did some horrible movies and like got his way back in on the show. See, if I if I run like a tier of like oh pivotal, <laughs> pivotal Star Trek like history, like Nichelle Nichols, Leonard Nimoy, Will Shatner, even James Doohan, you know what I mean? But George Takei is not really up high on that list to me. Well, he is. He was part of the main cast. He was in all the original movies. Yeah, but if you had him to like... Chekhov, tier- him and Chekhov are kind of like probably the bottom tier of the main tier. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, there's so many people, like like I said, Nichelle Nichols and, and Scotty and Kirk and I don't know. It just... George Takei just never was that guy that... Yeah, Scotty got more play than him. The guy who was just sitting there being like, she can't take much more, Captain. I'm giving her all she's got. Got more play than Sulu. Yeah, they had to throw that line. With Uhura by the end of the movies. They had to throw that line. That line is, doesn't Simon Pegg say it in the movie? Is a callback or say something close to it? Yeah, he does. playing Scotty. Yeah, but yeah, what I'm saying is that line is iconic. You don't hear anybody in the new Star Trek movies saying, "What is he oh, saying?" I'm giving oh. her all she's got. Yeah, yeah. What is, what does James uh, George Takei say? Oh my! Yeah, you don't hear anybody <laughs> recalling that in these new movies. 
warp speed, Captain. I mean, he was the helmsman. So if you look in the fiction of Star Trek, he's just the fucking helmsman. He's the chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So in what movie, I guess, other than Driving Miss Daisy, does the chauffeur get the top billing, right? The Green Book. <laughs> All right. Another great example. Driving right. Miss Daisy. All right. Forget my chauffeur example. Uh, no, no, you're absolutely right. I was just looking for Green Book's a great movie, actually. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> No, but very fitting. And to go out with Gene Roddenberry is just that. Yeah, awesome. that's. That's just that's it's just it sounds right. It sounds yeah. as it should be. Absolutely. Wasn't she beautiful, awesome. beautiful. Wasn't she the first black actress to like have like top billing for a television show to have her name in the in the in the main credits and also just really to have like a position of authority on a mm-hmm. show about a team or an organization. Uh, you know, she was a commander. Yeah. Yeah. Or her Lieutenant is, commander. uh, she's, Make uh, so number two in strange new worlds. I love the actress that's playing her. I love that character. Just yeah. kind of what I feel like it's still, it's holding true to what I know. She, of. she has like a nice arc from kind of in the mm-hmm. beginning going like, I don't even know if I want to be here. Yeah. She's like a cadet, right? To like pace p- placed in positions where like, if you don't solve this, people She's are going to die. You know, and if yeah, you're I playing like the, uh, the Lance loves drinking game at home, you were probably thoroughly drunk and about to black out. <laughs> so, what's next? Next, we got more Star gonna, Trek. This is going to educate us ah, on some lower decks. Lower decks season three uh, premiered last night. I haven't watched the episode because we actually kind of save it for we like watching it on Saturday morning. It's kind of our Saturday morning cartoon with me and your mom. And um, I want to point out season two, which was last year, still currently sits at 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Not one single bad review. And I guess these stats we're showing here is they're saying that Lower Decks is like 13 times more in demand than, oh my God, this is so small, I can't read it. 13 the times average more in- TV series. And it's in the top 97 percentile of in-demand animated series. So just kind of attesting to its popularity, you know, people are loving it. I love it. It's it's one of those shows. It's it has a very Rick and Morty feel to it. Mm-hmm. Even the art it, style. Yeah, the art style and the humor, and it's a parody of Star Trek and a satire. But it's one of those. There's two kinds of satire. There's one that's made by people who love what they're satirizing. Respectful. And they respect when they love it. And they know what it is as a fan, what we do laugh at when we watch the show and what makes us laugh about Star Trek. And then there's the other kind of satire, which is, let's say, like Thor, Love and Thunder, where you clearly hate the main character and you just want want to use mean humor to demean them. So this is the other kind. And, And the one thing about Lower Decks, though, I guess would be the one problem is it's not a show. If you're not into Star Trek, it's not a show you can just jump into. Mm-hmm. Because, and this is what I love about it, it requires your knowledge of about 60 years of Star Trek. Because some of the jokes are like absolute deep cuts, like the most random episode of Deep Space Nine or Voyager or Next Generation. They'll pick it from anywhere and you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe they went there. And it's it's great stuff for Star Trek fans. It's, it's really, uh, it's an homage, but it's a fun series. It's actually about uh, a ship called the USS Cerritos which is a designated California class starship 
which is considered the least useful and least competent ship in the in all of Starfleet. So they get all the shit missions. And now on top of that, this is about the crew, lower decks means not the main crew, not the captain or the commanders, just the fucking worker bees. And the how the worker shirt, bees right? don't they call it that the re- the ones that die first usually? The red shirts? Yeah, don't they call don't they call the isn't there a term like the red sh- and I notice in the picture they're all wearing red shirts. Isn't that a Star that, Trek? Well, that's from like the original series where like the security guards if they went yeah. on a away mission and they brought two security guards wearing red shirts, you know they were going to die. Yeah. So that kind of became like a running joke, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, since then a lot of different characters have worn red shirts, so it's not necessarily that applicable. But I just but thought, I just thought it was funny in the picture they're all wearing red shirts and that's kind of like a undercut joke that too i guess you could look at it that way yeah yeah like it just shows you how low on the totem pole they are is what i was trying yeah. to say so it's it's the how low on the totem pole they are on a ship that's also the lowest on the ship totem pole. yeah so and a dennis lot of opportunity quaid's, for, for dennis humor. quaid's kid voices the main guy mm-hmm. in the show right and yeah. um the kid from the voice um oh my god um oh jerry o'connell um, is one of the one of the most hilarious characters on the show too. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, the voice work is 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 really good. I, I love it. You know, the humor is the humor is hilarious, and they have a lot of crossover stuff. So a lot of characters from like Next Gen have appeared in the show with the original actor voicing, and then they did announce at uh, Comic Con that they're actually going to do a crossover with Strange New Worlds, which oh, people lost their ever loving minds over that. But we don't know how it's good if it's going to be live action or animated or what. Oh, Paul Shear's in this. I love Paul Shear. Yes, Paul Shear is hilarious. Yeah. But just to go back on what Ish was talking about earlier, though, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks ranks at a 97.4th percentile in the animated genre. This means Star Trek Lower Decks has higher demand than 97.4% of all animated titles in the United States. It is 13.1x different from the market average. Um, Parrot Analytics has found that the audience demand for Star Trek Lower Decks is 13.1 times the demand of the average TV series in the United States in the last 30 days. So that's 2.7%. All shows in the market have this level of demand. What, what, where do you find this information? I don't know. I was just, I was just looking stuff up on Google. Like, like I don't even know what to search for. Demand. Oh, I was look, yeah, I was just looking at like a lower decks viewership numbers and lower decks audience rate ratings and stuff like that. Lower decks. I want to see what. So there you go. I haven't seen it, so I can't <laughs> say anything about season three yet. But if you like your Star Trek, definitely That's should be cool watching. That you lower save decks. it. It's kind of like your uh, Saturday morning cartoon routine. Yeah, I love that. So I have something to wake up to, and you know, Attila's in his pen messing around. And then me and Christine watched some Lower Decks, and like we literally laugh our asses off. It's good. Good times, and yet I get yelled at by my wife for watching Beavis and Butthead without her. Oh. <laughs> well, watch it with Parrot your wife. Analytics. I found the site. Parrot Analytics. I stopped the new episode so she can watch it with me. But All right. It's time to get into a little bit of reviewing of She-Hulk episode two. Dos 
Dolph Vidanias. Yes, let's talk to She-Hulk episode two, Attorney at Law. We had some big Easter eggs, some big returns, and some unfinished business was finally finished. This episode. We got answers to questions. I just want to say I almost started a hot dog fire in our kitchen. That's why I had to get up right now. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You blew it up in the microwave? No, actually, I had it grilling on a pan on a skillet. And you forgot? Totally forgot until the smoke started billowing. And now, now your mom is giving you the dirtiest look. Because <laughs> now you got a black dog. I think it's time for a uh, synopsis. <laughs> yeah. She-Hulk episode two. Um, yeah. So we see we see the aftermath of the uh, first episode, which basically she gets fired because of uh, she turned into Hulk in the court, right, and fought Titania. And I guess that caused like a mistrial. So her, her, this is why I, I wasn't sure. So she's a deputy district attorney. She's not just a lawyer. You're deputy mm. district attorney. And you get fired in a bar. I don't know how realistic that was anyway, but she got fired. She gets rehired where she's now uh, an attorney for villains, which I think it's a pretty fun idea that can go in a lot of, a lot of different directions at and the rival the, law law um correct yeah whoever the the case that was defending titania Mm -hmm. that she fought they're like no we're bringing you aboard but as she hulk not as jennifer walters that's the stipulation she has to be hulked out at all times as the lawyer and then her first um client is emil blonsky the abomination and that goes south real quick (laughs) yeah and i guess that's kind of really where the episode ends I felt like I felt like I was like, wow, it's it's over. Like we got stuff. We didn't get too much though. Well, I mean, we got the confirmation that kind of touched on the events that so you know that the events that took place in the Hulk movie are still very much at play here. That's true. They, yeah, even though he's they, a totally different person now. Yeah, and he even references it, it <laughs> in the, the show that sometimes he feels like a totally different person, or he was a totally different person back then. That's a and, great line, but it didn't have to. Like, it's not right. like we were. We thought the other Hulk movie didn't count anymore. It's just funny. Right. It's just. But it was a fun line, yeah. In a show that is heavily pushing the breaking the fourth wall thing, like I think those jokes kind of land, don't you? Like that's not yeah. breaking the fourth wall, but kind of a wink to the audience, right? I think that this show is fa- fantastic. The first well, episode, it kind of it almost felt like you said that to the camera. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I like the stuff with her, her family and her dad. And then like the after credit scene is her doing chores around the house as she Hulk for her dad. And like, I like the oh, yeah, CGI right. in that scene is awful. CGI in, in this entire show is awful. No, but it's especially bad really? in that end credit scene. When she's walking up the steps, you can tell that there's nothing there. Like, I don't even know if uh, the actress did that. Like was even, it's bad. Like if it was even mocap. They just yeah. If if uh, the dude from Perfect Strangers is just walking around like nothing is nothing's there. That's dude, I was, dude's I've been from. waiting to say that. Fuck. Who was who knew? Who knows about Perfect Strangers? I, I was sitting there like knows. this dude sounds so familiar. I was like, 
where the fuck have I seen this guy what before? And I couldn't you touch it. I could dance. not touch it. And then perfect strangers. Fuck. Yeah. I, I saw it the first Freddy, time he was on screen. I was like, it's nobody, the dude from Perfect like, Strangers. Nobody remembers Perfect Strangers. Nobody's going to make that connection. Cousin Larry. The fact that you guys do props. Perfect Strangers was a huge TV show. I know it, it was. It's but... time. But it's, I mean, it's kind of forgotten. Nobody really references it. Didn't one of them die? Or was that a different show? the cheesiest intro song ever. Because Laverne and Shirley didn't. Okay. Isn't it Martin a spinoff Wynn. of Laverne and Shirley or Laverne and Shirley is a spinoff of it? Isn't this a spinoff of something? You're right. You're, I think it is. Laverne and Shirley is a spinoff of Happy Days. And then this is a spinoff the of Perfect Laverne Strangers, and- yeah, is, is, a, is kind of a spinoff of. I don't know if it's that. Oh, man. No, they're both one. still alive. Or is Family Matters a spinoff of, of Perfect Strangers? I don't think Family Matters has anything to do with Perfect Strangers. No, uh, the mother was the Lance is on to something. Was the elevator it... operator, and Carl Winslow is in an episode of Perfect Strangers. I'm pretty sure. I know that she that Family Matters is a spinoff because it says the mother perfect, was Family Matters is a Perfect Strangers spinoff show. Yeah. Okay. There you yeah. go. Sorry, I know way too much useless. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fucking... awesome. I love it. A shitty ass eighties TV show. Oh, Perfect man, Strangers so was much, not so shitty, TV. dude. Have you tried rewatching that show? Oh no, Lance? no. Yeah, no. I. But tried. my memories of it, like I, just, I enjoyed uh, it. Just be happy with your memories of it. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't translate. Oh man, oh, or not oh, translate. Man. It doesn't. Hold. And I love that show, but no, it's so bad now. <laughs> Joe's Doolin says Family Matters is a spinoff of Die Hard. <laughs> Of Die Hard, see, yeah. Did you guys see? There's an Urkel animated movie coming out. No. Yeah. An Urkel animated movie. But back to She-Hulk. I like the way yeah, this episode ends <laughs> with them like confirming its place in the Marvel timeline too, where with it's Shang-Chi, taking yeah. place with Shang Chi. Yeah, and you see Abomination fighting uh, Wong in the the fucking tournament and. So yeah, good. which wasn't that supposed to be underground and secret? That whole Fight Club thing. How's the fucking news there? <laughs> was that but, the uh, whole yeah. thing about that area? Was it supposed? No one's supposed to know about it. Yeah, the fights. Yeah. So how's the news there? Did, are you getting the phone? feeling that the? So she's arguing for why he should be paroled, right? Mm-hmm. I have a a sneaky suspicion that the lawyer arguing for why he should stay in jail is going to be Matt Murdock. Oh yeah, I think so. I think that's where they're going to oh, collide. Stay, yeah, she's going to go on the hunt for abomination. She's going to try find him. Daredevil's also going to go hunt for abomination. That's how they're well, going to collide. Well, that de- that depends. Is Matt Murdock now like a working for the prosecutor's office? Well, it, it doesn't lawyer. say that the uh, it doesn't if he's say he's an independent lawyer. He can't do that. Oh, maybe maybe he's just goes on the hunt for abomination. Maybe he's just I don't know. Well, obviously he'll sense. figure into it somehow. Yeah. Anybody feel that um, Emil Blonsky was now kind of giving off Trevor Slattery vibes? 
with his yes. whole namaste. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. kind of a hippy dippy weirdo now. I thought the part where he's talking about how he wants to start a new life with the ten love of, the ten loves of his life through the internet or through the inmate pen pal program was pretty funny. <laughs> how much you want to bet those ten people? It's like the uh, uh, Legion of Villains or whatever they're called. Wouldn't be bad. What are your guys's? Because did Abomination? I can't remember. I saw the episode twice, and now I can't remember. Did Abomination? break out of prison and leave a trail or was did he break out of prison mysteriously you don't even see it, it just says that he mysteriously showed up in the underground fight i think club. you just see like wa- a crumbled wall or something do you guys think wong broke him out for some reason probably <laughs> so he i he's gonna factor heavily into something in the future i'm i'm expecting well that. he's in this show too i think wong? he's gonna have a part in mm-hmm. thunderbolts he is gonna be in thunderbolts so there's a take it with a grain of salt but it came out this week too that the the roster for thunderbolts is going to be abomination taskmaster uh yelena belova u.s agent um and um ghost well i um, like ghost the second ant-man yeah movie. actually i just read today that they're recast and titania ghost. titania they're recasting Ghost? Yeah, the Ghost will not be the girl from the anime. I like her. And she was also taken off the Red Sonja uh, Netflix show. I like her. Hmm. The one I wish they would recast is Taskmaster. That, they, they just they butchered that character. Taskmaster is the worst part of Black Widow, I would, I would say. But are you going to blame mm. the actress that they chose? I think that whole movie is the worst part of Black well, they Widow. Made her the like only mute. saving grace is Yelena Blova. Yeah, they made her like mute. It's not the actress. Like, I just wish they would just overhaul that character. It's just it... Taskmaster is supposed to be like pretty imposing, and it's I just don't be a, get a badass dude. Yeah, I just don't get that vibe from what I saw in Black Widow. Like, it seemed like I don't know. I'm just not a fan of what they did to that character. My name is Kyle says, I haven't seen the second episode yet, but the first episode sucked ass. You're crazy, dude. It was really yeah. good. It's definitely, I'm trying to think of what else came out this year. Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and this, right? That's it? Yeah. For Marvel. Hawkeye. Hawkeye was November of last year. Uh, But it can't, well, yeah, you can go technical because it spilled into this year. Yeah. But out of all the Marvel shows that have debuted this year, this one by far is my favorite. Yeah, so far it's it's been one line too. And I liked Miss Marvel. I it's okay. I liked Miss Marvel. It did not like Moon Knight. But this one I like. But here's the thing though. I'm holding my judgment on it because first of all, the first two episodes have not been very long. I feel like they end prematurely and second like we haven't really learned much of anything have we no just already what you knew just how she gets her powers and that bruce banner's her cousin and abominations in it abominations in it and he and bruce have made their peace and that it officially connects the edward norton hulk movie to the mcu yeah so I'm holding reservation because nothing big has happened yet. 
I think that's going to change in the next episode because there's supposedly some big cameo. In the episode, next episode four. Is it number four? Episode four. There's supposed to be massive cameo. Oh, ben Grimm, baby. No, I've heard it's a female. Ben Grimm, Tatiana, baby. Tatiana Maslani was saying that she worked with this actress and it's like one of the best scenes in the whole show. Ben Grimm, baby. Well, that's not a woman is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Brenda Grimm, baby. So how about how about the it big would be on Marvel Easter to egg in the that episode. one? Huh? What's the giant Easter egg? Him in the Are you kidding ship? Me? Wolverine. The sh- oh, when she's reading the news articles? Yeah, that confirms Wolverine is is happening. He is part of the Marvel universe. He's out what's there. What's the other what's the other news article that's in I that? missed the Wolverine one. So it had an yeah. article. The headline was a man with uh, claws. What was it? Gets in a yeah, bar man fight. with metal steel claws gets in a bar fight. Mm. What was the other? There was another headline Johnny under Blaze, that. The Johnny Blaze thing, too. In this. Yeah, there was a poster. Which I'm hoping that gets cleared up because is he a magician now? Like, I don't understand that poster. Yeah, stick with it. It, it says, says man with metal claws gets in a bar fight. Bar I'll have to rewatch well, it tonight with Aaron weird. and see if I catch that. So we're going to start saying this is now the first appearance of Wolverine in the MCU. <laughs> cameo. It's a cameo. This is the first appearance. Oh, that's the second headline. Why is there a giant statue of a man in the Yes, ocean? the Eternals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I did see one. that where it, it confirms, yeah, the Celestial is still in the... Which that's been a big gripe for a while is how come no one's noticed this giant man sticking out of out of the uh, ocean? They've not made mention of it, and we've had several movies come, several properties come out since the Eternals has come out. That whole thing is kind of that. That leads to bigger questions. Like he literally like broke through the inner crust core of the Earth. Like the devastation should be global. Yes, I don't think they're gonna sticks. I don't think they're gonna have Wolverine's kid in the show or in the mcu before wolverine it, i don't think that's i see yeah. where you're fishing with that one but i don't think that's gonna happen my name is, well my name is kyle says shit shitty lazy writing one-sided brain dead woke themes that can contribute to the shitty writing vx vfx for hulk was honestly pretty good but the rendering for she hulk was awful mediocre directing i don't think that's mediocre directing i don't think no. the writing is shit yes we all understand that the the vfx for she hulk is garbage it's been garbage since the first trailer even with um, the fixes it's still garbage yeah hulks is good but i don't i disagree with you that it's got shitty writing i think it's got good writing it just it's only been two episodes it hasn't gone anywhere all it's really done is establish its footing on what it's supposed to be um i think the humor is good like the first episode left me wanting more and i thought it was funny so that's all you can do it's giving you the that great fourth wall break in what the john burn burnthal runner burn run burn ish yeah yeah john yeah. burn and um, also as far as i mean you can't really call it woke as far i mean the comic was feminist slanted also it has to be yeah yeah well so, Marvel, I mean, that's that's kind I, of the show does have the cliche that men are dumb and mean and blah 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 but that comes with the show that's you know about this I get really annoyed with this Marvel shows or woke thing. Marvel has always been 
a pioneer when it comes. I mean, X-Men is literally supposed to be like a like analogy for like racism and stuff and bigotry. That's what X-Men is like. Stan Lee came out and said that like Marvel has always been this. And now people are upset because it's. And that's why they don't like it, that they have to add this additional content where you just said it. It's already there. Yeah, in the stories, in the characters, one. they don't have to do swaps. They don't have to lay it on like they have been laying it on, because those themes yeah. are already there. I don't feel so like I, I kind of agree with you and both big. sides. They need to like kind of tone down that stuff, but then that stuff that's always been there will still be there. Yeah, like X Men, the the whole thing is bigotry. Like that's what X Men is 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 people without reason hating yeah, another but if you group read, of people like current x-men like it's like over it's the top down. it's gone off a cliff yeah i agree sometimes it goes over the top like um i agree with like it's like almost fanfic telling. now you know what there's I mean? telling a moral through a tale and then there's telling talking directly to you like an idiot exactly child. i just know i just like stanley I was analogy. always political but in a very universal way yeah, mm-hmm. the statements he made always applied to everyone, and they were always common sense. And they never told you, "Oh, vote for this, or vote for that, or hate this person." You know, no, it I was just always feel like just a universal message, and there that was the politics. Now they now they've taken it a, a, definitely more than a few steps further. See, I wanted, and I, I think we go ahead, go ahead, Lance. Well, I was just gonna touch, like on what Ish was just saying, like. I don't feel like anything has been so over the top where it's like I can't watch it. Like Supergirl was that for me. Like that's kind of my benchmark when it comes to over the top that it's unwatchable. You know what I mean? Like Thor: Love and Thunder was that. As far as the wokeness, just everythingness. Yeah. Maybe I'm just blind to that stuff. The part like, part of just... part of the demeaning of Thor of turning Thor into this whiny little crying bitch. I felt that's kind of part of the wokeness too. But is it really wokeness when we still live in a society where women are looked at like second class citizens? Construction of our of our heroes. Like, I'm I think I'm okay with it because we like I said we live in a time where women are still looked at as second class citizens. Like, it's not okay. So I'm okay with them depicting women like this because, in a lot of ways, women are right up. You know, yeah, better than men or right up there with men. Like, I'm not going to sit here and preach on a soapbox but like fucking a man i could never give birth or i, I guess i disagree i don't they think do, they're you know? treated as second class citizen you you don't think so like they don't even have the right to do what they want with their own bodies and shit man like they're it they really look literally treated they don't get paid as much I, you as know men. to be honest almost everyone you have to fight for that right and shit it's just i don't know i think putting it in the forefront just kind of gets eyes on the situation of today that women are looked at differently and like i i agree man like i'm i'm a father of three daughters right but the solution and is not to fucking destroy men and turn men into oh i agree no agree. yeah no absolutely men are not the enemy anything. that's not the solution men no, in, no, no, just no. Makes in high even power worse. you know all these politicians and stuff like you can look at them as the enemy but just because i'm a man doesn't mean i'm the enemy but as a as a father of three daughters, like I, mean, I love the fact that, that Queen Victoria fucking ruled the world. 
Yeah. But what I'm saying is I love the fact that there's more female characters coming out that show those leadership qualities and are in positions of power. That wasn't really the case maybe 15 years ago, right? Like really you, you could look at, you know, 15, 20 years ago and they had like Xena and a couple of other characters, but now it's kind of widespread. Like we have She-Hulk, we have Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. We have, we have uh stranger things. We have, you know what I mean? There's all these like female centric characters. And, and I think the future looks brighter for my daughters because now they have these, I mean, think of what, how we grew up. Right. And we had all these characters that were men that we could like look up to like athletes or, or, or fictional I know, characters, I grew whatever up, it is. We had like Margaret Thatcher, one of the most powerful women in the world. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that it was completely devoid. What I'm just saying is it's more accessible for people like my 11 year old daughter to see, you know what I mean? My, my daughter was completely okay. infatuated I mean, with stranger things. I'm not, you're absolutely right. Oh, are we but they don't up? have to, I don't know. I feel like I don't think they need to jam it down your throat men and have their men. Things. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't that think not you be, need that, to... that not ha- can't be a threatening thing to women. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't need to have it like, you know, do we need to put bad, women in agree. flipping no. jacks? Because Thor, is, was Thor no. that threatening to women when he was just crazy, strong Thor? And now he has to be this whining, crying bitch. No, that's I not think necessary. I'll, I think How a lot that of that. I think a lot of that is um, Chris Hemsworth is equally to blame as far as the direction of Thor, because he was bored with what Thor was after dark world. And he's come out and said it like the hairstyle change was his idea. The like he's come out and said, that's when you let the inmates run the asylum. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth is equally to blame as much as uh, Taika Waititi is. Um, and Kevin Feige for that matter too. I mean, they made Thor uninteresting. I completely agree with you, but, but that's not taken away from the fact that it's good to see female centric characters, you know, sure, the whole alien characters in it. movie series What's that? in the 1980s, the whole alien mm-hmm. series throughout the 1980s oh, and yeah. 1990s. But I you mean, gotta remember those were rated R to too. Say that there hasn't been women that's heroes the major women character that have been. that's not that's not what i said that's not what i said but i wasn't saying we're completely that's it was completely joe's doing it right but you said now strong they have someone to look look up to well even strong then female they characters have someone to look up to should not but have not, to rely not, on emasculating all men all male characters yeah i agree yeah, i agree but, with that what i'm saying is that it wasn't and as that's that's this kind of as it is now wave of feminism that's insisting on that yeah, but you can you can, you can agree with me that it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Like Alien, those were all rated R. Those weren't geared towards children. You well, know what I mean? That's the thing. Now it's overly prevalent to the point where it's all you're getting. Yeah, my my issue. She Hulk is a prime example of a show that is showing a female in in a position of authority and 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 power. That's I don't think it's demasculating to like the Hulk. They're not. They're not demasculating the Hulk in this. I mean, he's flying off to space in the last episode. Well, you know, that's not, yeah, a good enough job emasculating. And, the and Hulk, I guess that's kind of yeah. what my question is: is like, 
how are people seeing that this movie or the show is her demasculating men or demasculating Hulk? Because that's not the case. Like no two people are the same. So just because she gets the Hulk powers from his blood doesn't mean she's going to have the same struggles he has. It's not demasculating him because she's not a bumbling idiot like he was, you know, for a long time and had to fix himself through science or because he's wearing a, a f- apron flipping flapjacks or whatever. That's not, how is that demasculating him? And it's true to the comic book. Geek. She's always been able to control her Hulk persona and be a normal functioning person of society. Yeah. The Hulk has always been a dual personality dude. Like, I just don't get that argument. People that are saying that have no familiarity with the actual character, Right. She Hulk, I think, is true. Is even if they changed her origin story, she's still true to what I knew as the of the character. Like I don't understand where I get upset is like Captain Marvel that goes so over the top that the movie's unwatchable. I mean, they made her so powerful that nothing on this earth or anything anywhere can hurt her, and it makes it unwatchable because there's no threat, right? Like that, that's my issue. They wanted to, they Captain Marvel exists to demasculate Superman because essentially they're both two of the most powerful characters, one in DC and one in Marvel. But Superman at least has a fucking weakness. The only weakness Captain Marvel has is her own ego. You know what I mean? Like, but at least with She Hulk, it's like this is a real human being like operating in the world that's true to the comic and we start to have emotional responses to her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Even this Marvel, I thought was good. And that's kind of what I was saying that I didn't feel that She-Hulk isn't necessarily woke because that's the She-Hulk story. So when you go into She-Hulk, you know, it's going to be about a strong woman, right? They haven't swapped anything or they haven't, change they're actually sticking to the origins of the but character if you don't that's why it that kind of works what with she Hulk. does that's fine things like thor does oh i agree with your, your your play i agree with your opinion on thor i agree wholeheartedly. they ruined the character if you don't think that what she has to do and what she struggles with in the show as far as like being told like you got to be the hulk all the time and you got to do this and what she's got to do to get ahead in a man's world you're crazy because women in the workplace have to do that every day and you can talk to any of them and they're going to tell you that, you know, it's it, again, I don't like or they get cat called like she did yeah. in the first episode at the bar. You know? Like, um, I am Kyle says, I feel like what everyone's trying to say is that diversity is great, but character development is important and needs to be thoroughly expressed. I disagree with him completely. And he says, she Hulk, in my opinion, fall, fails in that regard. I don't think, it, no, it you know fun. what failed, you know, what failed as far as character development, moon Knight. Moon Knight was awful. And I'm pretty sure Quantum's going to say he liked Moon Knight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're two polar opposites of shows. She-Hulk is a well-written show. Moon Knight was absolute trash. It just... Again, I don't want to get into the like, political start of it, but I just feel like... Yeah, I feel like you can have a strong female character without making men look like idiots. Well, in Miss Marvel, I thought I thought Miss Marvel did that okay. I mean, the her best friend is a is a science nerd that helps her make all that. Like, I don't feel like it. Yeah, no, Miss Marvel did a great job. 
No, yeah. yeah. But people were upset with that one because it had a, that little the the Muslim Arab Arab thing overwritten on it where they made a couple comments. But they, all that stuff is true. Hawkeye did a good job too. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't demasculate Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Hawkeye. So Kate I, I just don't get just it. Kate Bishop without she didn't rely on putting other people down to make to elevate herself as a superhero. And even Black Widow, like the whole premise of that story is these women that, that get and I didn't like Black Widow as a movie because I th just thought it was kind of needless. Yeah, but even there, but, then you get Red Guardian, he's fucking dumb and fat and they were kind of yeah, pushing I don't, that one, I, th I thought. But she, I think but we Black need Widow, Black Widow, like the whole point of those women is to be strong and power and the, like that's just what the comics always been. That whole um the Black Widow groups, it's all girls and stuff like it's basically Red Sparrow. You know what I mean? It's the same movie. Yeah. Listen, I think yeah. we just need to, we need to get a Ouija board and just have a seance and channel Stan Lee and ask him all these questions. <laughs> and just just get the answers. And then We're we can lead in with on, uh, Kyle's and Sam's show. Yeah, and then we can ask, we can ask him, "Hey, man, why do all the characters' name have to start and end with the same letter?" Peter Parker. Oh, the the um, <laughs> uh, what are they called? Uh, alliterations. Yeah. Tony oh, Stark. Jim Walters. Peter Parker. Wade Wilson. Yeah. Wade, Wilson. Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson is supposed to make fun of um. Wait, it's it's, uh, it's yeah. purposely making Slave. fun of Deathstroke. It, yeah, but uh, it's also making fun of being um, an alliteration, Wade Wilson, because they've mentioned that. I'm pretty sure. Where the fuck did I read that? Reed Richards. Yeah, they made Sue it. Storm. A lot of that. Stan Lee. Stan Lee named a lot of these characters, right? Yeah. And Stan Lee loved a good alliteration. Yeah, yeah. That's just him. He but was like, like that. Yeah, Thor Bruce Thor Thornson. <laughs> Isn't it Odinson? Just making a but, silly joke. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's not Sue Storm. It's Sue Richards. <laughs> it's Sue Storm. Oh, man. Johnny Storm? I mean, it's not always that way, but it is that way often. Ben Grimm. Yeah, no, it's not. At some point, he stopped doing it, but he did it, like, a lot. There's a lot of characters that are. But, listen, like... We named off a bunch of characters' names. Can we do that mostly with like can most people do that with, with DC? So they do Bruce stick Banner. You know what I mean? They stick for like a normal person. Like they hear Bruce Banner, they may remember that. Like alliteration, there's a reason why alliterations are easy sure. to remember. Clark so Kent. Stan Clark Hunt. I mean Kent. Yeah. Well, that is an alliteration, but it isn't because it's C and K. Orally, but it's never... an alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why alliterations work, why they still use them in, in marketing and advertising today. And Quantum, I'm not getting salty like over hunt. your opinion. <laughs> it's just we've heard that opinion so often. I just want to I just want to clarify, like he's not Who's upsetting quantum? me over his Quantum Kyle. That's what we call him. He's, oh, he's, well, well, well my name is Kyle. Because we had Kyle, and then we call him Quantum. I'm like, you guys are well, I call him Quantum. Realm. Yeah, it's enormous. You're on a roll, Joe. Keep going. But you, you know what I mean? Like, like there's a reason why the, that's. Oh, what was I saying? I'm not salty over his opinion. It's just it's 
oversaid that opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to clarify. I well, still love you. Conan. We are going to review <laughs> Better Call Saul, but I think we're going to push that to another week because uh, we're almost two, almost three hours into this. And Yeah, I would like to talk about that when Max is on too because I know he want, he kind of wants to talk Better Call Saul. But um, Ish, what, what came out this week that people should be checking out in the shops? Let me look it up real quick. You don't, you don't know what came out this week, dude. This dude, I don't want to. I don't want to say something stupid. This dude, every week, is aware of what comes out. It's all right if it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm we'll start. Okay, on the Marvel side, <laughs> Axe Judgment Day number three. Matt, have you been into or following Axe? No, Avengers, X Men, Eternals. Negative. We got a new Avengers Forever, a new Captain America, a new Carnage. Oh, Damage Control, number one, from the writer of the Goldbergs. Yeah. Have you have you had a chance from to Adam read that? Goldberg? I have yeah. not read it yet. And that's but even it's even on the cover, so they're really pushing that aspect yeah. that this is written by um Adam Goldberg. Show notes, yes. That, new Defenders that's going Beyond. Be, uh, yeah. So new Fantastic Four, the second to last issue. So they announced uh, issue 48 is going to be Dan Slott's final. Um, do you know the spoiler that comes with that? I do. I've read it already. Should we say it? Uh, I mean, you can. So it's the revelation of Reed Richards' sister? Half-sister, yeah. Or half-sister, Okay. Who's his half sister? He has an African American half sister. We had the new Marauders. We had a new Miles Morales, a new Shang Chi. Gwen Miles Finn. Morales, first appearance in it as well. Uh, first appearance of Billy uh, Billy Morales in the new Spider Slayer. She is the new Ooh. Spider Slayer. Star Wars Darth Vader, which might be a candidate for one of the top covers of the week. Yeah, that's a way cool color. Vader was a very cool cover. And there was Dr. Aphra. Oh, of course, the new Amazing Spider-Man and Wolverine Patch. What is this one? Just because he has an eye patch? That's why it's called that? No, that's one of Wolverine's is like, I don't know if you call an alter ego, but Patch. Kind of like the pirate I've never heard that before. There's like Logan... Wolverine, yeah. Pat, James Howlett, yeah, yeah. I've never so heard that one before. Of his, one of his personas. Is this one good? The cover looks awesome. Meh. There's a couple awesome covers that came out this week. We'll talk about them tomorrow night on Overrun Saturday Night Special, the cross between us and Renovision. Um, but I mean, some of there's well, you'll find out what the actual candidate for top covers of the week is, but. I liked, you know, the the cover. I love this cover for Gwenverse. Land homage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like loved that art style. This uh Stormbreakers, the new the new recruits cover for Spider-Man 7. I just love the different Spider-Man outfits in that one. But I, I think the big big on. one this week for me was the hey, is that good? killing joke. The Harley Quinn title sucks ass, but the cover is dope as fuck. 
but that oh that's not oh okay i thought that was the riddler thing that you were talking about like the new no no that was, no that's that one bad day week. that was is really that good video. yes yes okay i'm gonna go check that one out yeah matt did a review on that one gave it thumbs up i did yeah, this did. cover this cover is phenomenal and then also go out there and get your batman detective comics uh yeah, and we had a new Detective Comics this week, issue 1063. We had a new Action Comics, issue 1046, Bless Their Hearts. A new Batman, White Knight Presents, Red Hood. That got an issue number two. Yeah, the weekly Harley Quinn. Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. You know, with these DC titles, the some of the numbers are, are embarrassing. Half of the DC new releases didn't crack the top 200 in sales. You know, I am Robin or Robin. It should be is one of the better DC titles. And it came out this week and the interiors in it are so like all over the place. Like at one point it's really, they're really, really good. And then they get really, really shitty. And then it ends really, really good. What do you mean but interiors? It, like the, in, the art yeah, the, inside the art inside. Yeah. Okay. But are you remember when you were talking about the um, book uh, last week that has um, Robin facing off against Batman? Ish. Yes. So uh, uh, world's finest. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think that's supposed to be Damian Wayne because this book says that um, this story continues in Batman versus Robin number one. So I wonder if oh, he's going to okay. be facing off against all the Robins or if it's going to be Damian Wayne, because I don't read that book. But yeah, in Rob- I am Robin number one, just finished all the, the stuff in the Lazarus Island. And- there's also a new uh, Tim Drake solo series coming out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they're really but, p- kind of pushing Robin right now. But yeah, if you guys want to know more about, uh, you know, these books, tune in tomorrow night to Saturday Night Special on this channel or on Renovision. It's our uh, cross-promotion Saturday night show where you can see Good some show. new OG absolute geekers there like Kyle, and you can, um, you can find Kyle and Sam from MCM over there. Uh, I'm there, issues there. We're going to have all kinds of special guests um, stopping by. We're going to review books this week, talk more books. We're gonna, I think we're reviewing Robin this week. We're reviewing Spider-Man um, and Damage Control, so I'll be able to give you my opinions on damage control since I'll read it before tomorrow night. Um, we got a top five. We're going to do our top five uh, best She-Hulk covers. Um, and we're also talking, uh, I believe we're going to introduce a new segment called Comic Wars. Where we Ooh, are. That? It's going to be a segment where we introduce a, uh, a theme. And then we all have to... Um, bring a book or come up with a comic book series issue run that encompasses said theme. And then the chat gets to vote on who had the best book for that theme. So I would fail that challenge in a heartbeat, something we're going to be incorporating. But since you brought up that Riddler book, Lance, we have a cross promotion giveaway going on with Renovision. So if you subscribe to our channel, and Renovision, and you leave a comment um, below of your favorite comic book for that week, in two weeks, we're going to raffle off a signed copy 
of Ooh. Batman One Bad Day, the Riddler number one variant Who, cover. Who's that signed so, by? That is the uh, premium variant. Yeah, by um, Mitch. Gerard's. Yes, thank you. Mitch, Mitch Gerard's the artist, signed it. I uh, picked okay. it up last week at a shop where he was doing a signing. So uh, we're going to do that as a giveaway. So all you got to do to be entered into the giveaway is make sure you are subscribed to both our channel and Renovision's channel and leave a comment in either place about the you know the your favorite comic book that you're reading currently and it'll put you in the inter, it'll enter you in the drawing to win this book uh, that we're going to do in 2 weeks. So that's awesome. That is correct. You are correct, Sticks. There's only one night of mayhem and it is Saturday night special. That is correct. Now, you guys are doing a good job over there. I watched the first two episodes. You guys, Sam and uh, Kyle were on location. Yes, from his last ghost week. Hunt. Um, from their ghost hunt. Are you are yes, you guys going to unveil my new logo tomorrow night that I made you guys? Um, maybe. I don't know. The, did you see it, Ish? I did not. You didn't see it? I'll let I'll let the guys show it. Did you share it to the chat? I might have. I thought but there's was... all kinds of shenanigans that go over on uh, Saturday night special. So it's a good time. It's a fun time. Kill a couple hours on a Saturday night. Come talk about comic books and uh, geek out. So it shall be telling you what books he thinks you should pick up next week. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I never even saw that video. I never saw you share it. Oh, the new book. Really? Yeah. All right. But I've also worked like 65 hours this week. So <laughs> my boss told me, hey, you're leaving early today. And I still didn't leave early. But whatever. That's a hard worker. Well, some weeks are like that. Some weeks aren't. But so, Good yeah. You guys, yeah. You guys got anything else you want to talk about this week? Do you guys watch Only Murders in the Building? No, I don't. Oh, that dude, the season finale was so fucking good. Show's awesome. Special cameo appearance. Take a drink, everyone. I didn't say I loved it. <laughs> so, watch, I'm never going to say it again. <laughs> but um, no spoilers on Only Murders. Is that what Sticks is saying? I think he's no spoilers on uh, the logo. Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna let you guys do that. Um, but uh, it that's a fucking awesome. Yes, show. Eric, quiet quitting. <laughs> um, Steve Martin and Martin Short are both nominated for best actor for that show. Yes, like it's see, very good. Eric Williams is telling you what you need to do. You need to start doing some quiet quitting. What's that? I've heard. I've heard about this quiet quitting. What does that mean? <laughs> Quiet quitting is when you um, decide that you're no longer going to go above and beyond. You're going to do the bare minimum. Of oh, what's oh I did read about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like my job. I was like, weeks. huh, that was just normal for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a salary employee. So some weeks I put in 20 hours of work. Some week I put in 65 hours of work. It just depends on what I got going. Bare so. minimum. Do quiet quit, bro. I'm gonna say, no, I get paid too good for my job. I'll never find another job like that. <laughs> hey, I want to do. Can I do an LCS 
grinds my gear moment. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, new segment. So never, never do this at a comic book shop. So you got to start with, you know what really grinds my gears? You know you what start really with that. grinds my gears? So <laughs> someone comes into your shop, your place of business, to sell you comic books. And in the moment it takes for you to maybe walk around or go look at their comics, a customer pounces on those and makes an offer to that guy in your place of business. That's fucked up. And we had that two guys did that to us today. And they and the three of them up. actually left. I made them leave the store. It's like, you're not going to sell their books to them in our store. We're just going to stand here and watch you do that. That was like the most scumbag thing you can do. There's been several times like I go to GameStop or or any of the Funko places and I see some dude selling something that I want and I still don't do that. Like, yeah, you, yeah, that's that's so unethical. Let them transact yeah. their business, and then you can buy it from the shop owner, or go out into the parking lot and make that guy an offer. But don't do it yeah. in the shop. You're literally taking bread off my table right in front yeah. of me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's fucked up. I think so, we need a new video, Matt. Please what don't do that. Don't hover. Gears. A lot of people do that. They just want to see what are you what are you, you haven't even bought it yet. You still got to negotiate with the guy, right? There's already this crowd hovering over. Ooh, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? It, My it, thing, you go to GameStop. I guess I I don't feel as bad when it's a huge corporation like GameStop because they just rip people off. But you guys are just your single shop. Like that's our bread and butter is buying a collection yeah. and reselling it to people. I mean, that's, by the way, Jay's selling you guys some stuff tomorrow. I think. Well, if you guys buy it, but he's bringing some stuff to sell you guys tomorrow. All right. So. But uh, Bill won't yeah, buy it. he'll say, "Get the fuck out of my suit." <laughs> Bill will be like, "What is this trash?" Yeah. <laughs> is that no, is but... it graded golden or silver age? No, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fucked up, dude. I guess I I wouldn't feel as bad doing like I was saying to a big corporation like GameStop, but you guys got to eat, dude. Like that's like comic stores already struggle. You know what I mean? Like in this day and age, like it's hard to maintain a comic store and the ones that last like you guys and and drawn to and and some of the other big ones that have been staples in this community for years like it's really commendable but that's not the way that's not conducive to your business you know and that's just basic like vending rules you know what i mean peer-to-peer transaction you know that's like you know the, the government steps in between and ruins shit you know, don't be that person who does that. Now, if you were on the street, right? Like say, I don't know, say you were that guy, like it was out in an open area and I'm sitting there and I'm seeing someone get ripped off. I may interject <laughs> if it's just out <laughs> in the street. I don't like to see anybody get ripped off, but you're a place of business, dude. That's different. Like, no. And, and the worst part, the dude, the comics, like those are comic, like Bill right out. He's like, I like these. We want these, you know, let me go over, make you up an offer. And then meanwhile, these other two vultures, before we knew it, all three of them were just headed out the store and the two guys didn't even buy anything from us. And they were there shopping previously. Like you guys ever see those? Uh, go ahead. Hang out at Fantastic Worlds and just start doing that. <laughs> hey, what you, what you got Sniping. in that box? Yeah. No, you, you, I always read these articles about these guys, like retro video games is a huge thing, right? And these guys, like, they find these, like, holy grails of, of like, you know, Earthbound and all these other games that some, like, 
grandma, 80 year old grandma had like her attic and they paid like 500 bucks. And that's like a $500 game. They, they, they took advantage of that person. I would probably interject in that moment. You know, they're going to somebody's house, paying them pennies for something that they're going to turn around and sell. But you guys, I don't know. You guys are being fair. Easily thrown that box out in the garbage. Stop the presses. Coming in. We got breaking news. Our chat does it again. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) I love it. I think this deserves a video. Grinds my gears. Ish, you're gonna have to come every week with the new grinds my gears. Shout out to Stick Boy for that. That shouldn't be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) We're all cranky old men, right? We can always find something that pisses us off. (laughs) Well, I mean, running a comic book store, there's always got to be something that pisses you off. I guess. I guess my the difference between my analogy of like some dude taking advantage of an 80 year old woman is you guys are a place of business. You guys are gonna offer a fair. Like you're never gonna take advantage of somebody. Obviously, you need to make your money, but it's not like GameStop that's going to turn around and sell a game for 40 bucks and they buy it from somebody else for $5. It is, though. Maybe not at Ish's shop, but it is at no, well, shop. Yeah, it can be. I mean, that's that's business. That's how you make money. Yeah. But, but you you're know, never I'd, going I'd say to. Bill has a reputation for being, you know, he'll, he'll pay. If he wants something, he'll pay for it. Yeah, if somebody comes in with an amazing Spider-Man number one or something, right, and it's worth I don't know, a couple thousand bucks. Bill's not going to offer $50 for it. Of course. You know, that's what these guys on, are doing. They have a $400 game in a box of games, all boxed, offering five bucks for all these games when they're worth thousands of dollars. Like that's taking advantage of somebody. I think, I think there's a special place in hell for people that take advantage of other people. But there, I mean, there are shops that do that. There are shops that are going to, buy you buy your your stuff at the very like bare minimum for it and sell it for well those shops shouldn't be patron like triple that the people well i mean that's kind of that's the ideal in business you want to pay the yeah absolutely make your that's gonna make your money yeah yes but you also should be fair like you have a reputation to uphold you want people to continue doing business with you right i mean it's not going to be like these assholes that Absolute, go into Pawn yeah. Stars and you're like, how? And they find out that something's worth like twenty thousand dollars, and the first thing they says, "I want twenty thousand dollars." Yeah, that's not how that's going to work because yeah, you they got to make know, their money, right? But yeah, no, I completely agree. Selling like buying something under market value when you're when you're a retail establishment like that, but there's a certain degree like reputation spreads, right? And if it comes out that you're like GameStop lowballs people, yeah, we. Have- have a lot of repeat sellers yeah like you're gonna lose that patronage if you if you're taking advantage of people so there's there's and we work with other stores too yeah there's making money and then there's making money ethically and i had several people come in to sell sell their collections each other (laughs) (laughs) well like you guys understand what i'm saying i have done it before where i'll be in a comic book shop and I'll see a guy come in trying to sell his collection and they make him an offer and he walks out the door and I'll be going behind him like, Hey, are you trying to sell your collection? And he's like, yeah, are you looking to buy it? I said, no, but you might want to hit up a secondary market seller or 
someone who sells on eBay or something like that, because they're going to give you a little bit better deal than what the shop's going to give you. And because most shops, I know it's changed in a the sense in a while, because now pretty much a lot of shops just buy anything because you never know what's going to hit. Um, yeah. You know, they're only looking for certain things, so they don't want to buy your whole collection. They want to cherry pick it and not saying, you know, none of this has to do with issue store because I've never in full disclosure, I've never dealt with ish or bill in that side of the, the business, but some shops are like that. Like I can speak from an instance. So I went into a shop that had a amazing Spider-Man 129 5.0 CGC graded. It runs about the same exact price as um, a first uh, edge of spider verse two first appearance of spider Gwen. And I was trying to get it from him and I was like, well, do you, you know, he wanted like 1200 bucks for it. And I was like, well, do you do a trade? And I was like, yeah. And I, and I, I was like, I'll give you this book and some cash. And I mean, literally at the time, their values for a 5.0 versus a 9.8 for Spider Gwen, their values are equal, like dead equal. And he was like, well, I'll be honest with you. If we're going to do that in cash, I need to get three to 500 bucks off of you, including the book, because I like to sell my books for up to 300, up to 300% more than what I bought it for. So it, it, it's just, it's however you're going to do business, man. Like I, again, I don't respect or condone what happened to issue store, but fuck no, fuck no, I didn't. I think it's different though, too, like an issue store. Like if you're bartering with that, with that guy right trying to make a deal and you both come to the conclusion that no deal is going to be made and then somebody comes in hey i'll pay what you're asking like that's different right they gotta do that outside the shop yeah they they should do it outside outside they should do it outside but then it's not really poaching right like it's not really poaching at that sense because both of you said we're not going to come to agreement on a deal let's just wash our hands and oh yeah no if we've moved on yeah yeah so I mean, there, there's not really anything. I mean, I had a guy come in today with a long aspect. box of stuff, and he says he need, he needed money bad. Yeah. And he yeah, needed I mean, money bad, you're... and I went through his and I told him I pulled out some stuff out, and then I kind of cherry picked and I said, "This is the inventory we would want." It was really low grade, and I'm like, to be honest with you, like, like I'm looking at maybe offering you twenty five bucks. I could tell right away on his face. He was like, no. So I told him, I told him who he can go to. Go to Monster Comics, ask for Todd. His inventory needs are different. You know, his enthusiasm for books might be different. And the guy, you know, he didn't walk out pissed off because I kind of, I said, well, I can only lowball you on the small stack that works for us. Yeah. And I said, either. And I was like, you might want to just sit on this stuff. These, you know, all these crazy variants that I don't want to spend money on that you could probably sell on eBay. So just like that, like I'm saying, we're, we're fair. I always try to work with people, and I we always explain That's to them unethical. what they have and why I'm offering you this amount of money, even though it's way less than you think you're going to get. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, like if you're, I mean, if you're trying to Am move. Am I on like a crazy delay? You, yeah, you're yeah you keep laggy. buffering. But – like if okay. you're trying to move on, if you need money bad or something, then that's fine. But if you're trying to move volume, I, I don't know if I'd go to sticks back with his Turok. <laughs> He's selling a, t- a Turok one. Variant. Shop is a good place. You know, you want to get 
everything in one fell swoop, walk out with some cash. Shop is a good place to go. But if you're already looking at books and going, well, this is worth that much on eBay and this is worth that much on eBay, then you need to sell those on eBay if you if you want to get those prices. Yeah, if you definitely know what you got, you need to. Yeah. And no, Ish, I didn't do it down that because, I mean, at that point, I could get a higher grade book for the same amount of money. I could sell at 9.8 for, you know, what it goes for, 1200 bucks, or, you know, and take that extra 500 bucks and buy a higher grade version of that book. You know, it's, I, was, I wasn't going to do that. That was just. Sure. Because we, you know still, we if, still haven't if seen If you brought that trade to us, I'd probably turn it down because. Yeah, but I can sell a one twist sit there and collect dust until that one person walks in who's ready to drop a bunch of money on it. Yeah. Well. Whereas a say, that's, 129, I mean yeah, that's those, a book that those, those come and go all day long. Yeah. hundred percent. Hundred percent. But I wasn't gonna pay over when I know that I can get that, you know, the value for that. Especially higher grade. you have Especially because you have some knowledge about how to sell these things. Yeah, I think business is yeah. There's two sides. Everyone's got to be able to make some money. Yeah, I'm just I again. I've never done business with transit. I know people who have, and they've said that they've been compensated fairly. So, but yeah, don't ever do that shit. Don't cherry pick a store when they're trying to make a deal. You know, like if you're, and I'll only really tell that to like people who don't know what they're doing. Like when I was at the shop, this kid dude didn't really know what he was doing. He's like, I inherited this collection. I just need to move it. And they were low balling him like crazy. And he walked away from it. And I was like, it may, he might be better off trying to find, look up a third party seller. They're selling that on eBay versus doing it through the shop like this. Cause you guys got to make your money too. You know, you're well, going to get more bang for your buck doing it somewhere else. But I kind of see it as you're, as you're Eric, being charged. At Eric Williams charge. pointed out, yeah, don't start a deal with "I need money bad." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They, like, there's also a convenience charge to it, right? So you could go on eBay, sell it for what it's worth to somebody that'll buy it from you rather than buy it from a comic book store. But the reason you go to the comic book store is to unload a lot at once and not have to worry about shipping and doing all this other shit posting it right. and paying ebay seller fees and all there's a convenience charge for that so anybody that comes in and says i have a twenty thousand dollar book and i want to sell it to you for twenty thousand dollars is an absolute fucking moron yeah it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen you know so i hate when people say well i know what i have and i know what it's worth well then fucking sell it for what it's worth on ebay yeah i don't know all right, I think we've uh, beat this one with a dead horse. So, Stick says I bought a 129 ASM in the 90s. Sorry about my shitty internet. Books. No, low you're grade, possible five four. Dude, low grade is better than no grade, son. That's <laughs> where I'm at. I have a lot of early ASM stuff that's low grade because low grade is better than no grade. What is he asking here? No, Stick's boy. There was no tax because we're resellers. Yeah, tax can only be charged once, right? On resale, you can't charge tax again unless they're buying a new book from you, right? Yeah, you, you we're, buying, we're buying for inventory to resell. 
No, it's double dipping by the government, dude. This was, you can't do that. That's why goodwill, you yeah, don't pay tax When we're buying like that, there's no tax. Yeah, goodwill doesn't charge a tax. Unless you buy like an ice cream cone or something like that. That's how it works. Eric Williamson asks if LCSs sell on eBay. I imagine most do. We don't. I feel like maybe we're an outlier, but a lot do, for sure. I don't think you guys need to, though, because you we have that reputation to. of yeah. being yeah, the that, traffic. You well, we're like they have that. The, we're like a boutique. It's yeah. You, come you have that reputation me. of being a destination you shop. Come like me, the comics. <laughs> like you make me jealous every day when you're like, oh, we got this book in house, and then. You're like, oh, this book sold. Amazing Fantasy 15 just sold. And I'm just like, fuck, man. I wish I had money like that just to walk in that shop and fucking drop it. And because you know that's a, a good amount of money going out, you know, coming into the store on that book. So, yeah. It's, uh, well, we call them the whales. There's some whales that come in and yeah. these guys, they got the money and they need, they want the big books. Yeah. So, of course, we're more than happy so. to, uh, you know, welcome to Scott's. Welcome to Snobsdale, right? Oh, hey, big announcement! Uh, Old Man Con, I think it's gonna be five now. Old Man Con five, November nineteenth. Just call that Scott's you're priced Arizona. out of this Con Con because that's what it usually runs into. <laughs> like, oh fuck, I want that book. I'm priced out of that book. But that's one of the biggest things you've taught me. And takeaways that I've always taken away from talking to you ish is that, you know. You always say that today's, today's, de- or, you know, today's prices today's are tomorrow's price deal. Next week's bargain. Yeah. Yep. Um, you just got to buy it if you can. But I wasn't going to do that, that deal because it's that 129 is not a hard book to find. It's one of those books that, like you said, is constantly there. It's not a hard book to find. It's just a matter of paying the price for it that you want. So. But, all right, well, I guess that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for being fire as always to chat. Thank you, Stick Boys. Thank you, Eric Williams. My name is Kyle. Um, Patrick, your mom. your mom, Stumbling Jedi. We still got Stumbling Jedi's 500 um, subscriber giveaway going on. We got, we got a lot of stuff going on here that we need to sift through and get that out. Um, we have 500 Zaggy, subscribers. I know. We still have to do his giveaway for getting 500 subs. Oh, gotcha. I misunderstood. <laughs> I'm kind of letting him come up with that because uh, he's the one that agreed to do it. So Joe's dueling, Aaron, your mom, um, everyone in the chat, thank you for being amazing as always. And for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I am Lance. And I'm Ish. That's Ooh, Ish. Goodwill sells ice cream. <laughs> you Good didn't know that? <laughs> You didn't know Goodwill sells ice cream? I have no idea. They have an ice chest, sodas and ice cream. No, no, they have like a, they have like like water and ice type thing, like an ice chest with all ice cream bars in it. Fell off the back of a truck. Um, but yeah, come check us out tomorrow night on Saturday night special between us and Renovision. Um, and for this crew, we'll see you guys next week. All you freaks and geeks, come all you freaks and geeks.
Let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink and some Cosby wine. <laughs> we'll Come drink on, some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. <laughs> See you next time Ooh. on the 